This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now... Enjoy the show. Hello, this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and you can't tell, but right now I'm dressed as Deacon and not the Fallen Angel because I'm at Waterworld, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast because there's degrees. There's a little bit busted open, but this is Busted Wide Open. You're listening to us, so thanks for listening. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 230. My name is Nick Howell. And out of breath from running 101 yards to do a clothesline just to beat the world record for longest delivered lariat set by Hangman Page, I am Surrey and Dangerous, and welcome to the show today. And Nick, <laughs> oh my goodness, do we have a day today. We've got this show right here. It is a day right of days. It is a day. We got, it, it's, it's a busy one, man. We've got to talk about NXT, which had a great show this week. we got to talk about SmackDown, WWE SmackDown. We have to talk about AEW Dynamite because right after this show, Nick, we're going to be doing our mailbag episode, and then right after that, it's double or nothing. And then right after that, yeah, we're going to do a recap episode about double or nothing. So we've got quite a day for you guys today, and uh, as we said, this show is going to be quite an extensive one as well. So so sit back, get comfy, because we've got a lot of graps to talk about. But first, we do have to do some housekeeping, Nick, and then we can get into the show. Yes, guys, come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page. Send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones, our lovely patrons. Get some good news stories, some fun memes, all kinds of good stuff. And you'll find links to our Discord server for live chats all throughout the week. Make sure you're into our Discord. All these links also on YouTube in the description down below. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to our channel here at youtube.com slash open, where we stream live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. But we got some news on that in just a second. Ooh. Make sure you subscribe and get your notifications turned on because I've been teasing this. I've been, I've been telling you guys to hit those notifications for a while because it's coming. Uh, last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons, all of our lovely phenomenal ones for all you do every single month to help keep and support this show, to keep us going, I should say, uh, and support this show. And if you'd like to get in on some of those exclusive rewards, that is the best way to support the show at patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers where you can get access to copies of the show notes, the ability to ask listener questions and play in our patron pick'ems challenges four times a year, and get bonus episodes, Skype calls, producer segments, all kinds of stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO in 
I've got one other piece of news that I need to add mm-hmm. to the housekeeping from this oh. point forward. Yes. And that is starting Monday, mm-hmm. Busted Wide Open is introducing BWO Daily. Yes. Where we will do a daily show uh, targeted in the evening so that we can collect the day's news and present it to you in a fast 10-minute-ish Mm. Some days it'll be two minutes, some days it might be 20, but we're targeting that <laughs> 10. You guys know how we like to talk, but BWO Daily is upon us. We're starting off, it's going to be a Monday through Friday show, about 10-minute segments exclusively available on the YouTube channel right here. So if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you got those notifications turned on. We will be yep. doing those every single day, Monday through and Friday going forward. And it's basically going to be we're going to be taking the other news segment out of the end. We're not we're not going to try to stuff that in the end and do all that right at the end of the shows. We're going to be doing that Monday through Friday. So yeah, if you wonder where the other news segment went, well, it went over to YouTube and became yes. busted wide open daily. Yes. BWD. Yes. So make sure you subscribe, guys. Make sure you got those notifications set to on all. I think is the setting you want to be on there because that way you'll get a, a push notification every time we put up a new new video and whenever we go live, so you don't miss it. So you can join us right here on youtube but it's time to go home to double or nothing that means we've got to head over and talk about all elite wrestling so nick uh we woke up this morning with actually some some pretty sad news uh from two fronts one from japan and we'll get into that at the end of the show in our news segment because that's that's a really heavy one yeah and I have a lot to say about that. Um, but the other heavy news was we've got some injuries in AEW that are going to be keeping people out of double or nothing. Uh, so we're going to address that as we go through the show because I had to like quickly redo the notes here before we, we jumped on air. Uh, but let's start at the main event of the show, which was Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Obviously, Matt looking for revenge after they killed Vanguard 1 last week. Jericho beat the poor little drone death with his, with his friend Floyd the baseball bat. Um, and but they let Matt and Sammy have a full on match. They had a full on match. This was and better than I honestly expected it would be. I was shocked at how good this match was. This was really freaking good. I'm I, it's it. I was sitting there thinking a lot of things about Matt Hardy being in WWE, and in some I mean just looking at the same guy. He's the same guy he was four months ago. The same abilities. Uh, working with a guy who also, you know, is is allowed to, to kind of do whatever he wants now and get creative. And Sammy Guevara did so much work for Matt Hardy in this match as far as, you know, feeding for him and selling for him and and everything else. And, and really, Sammy did some fantastic work in this match. And if you're not a Sammy Guevara fan, or, you know, obviously besides his heel work, if you think that he's not good, go watch this match. Sammy, this is exactly what you want out of someone of his age and abilities if you're someone like Matt Hardy. Right. Um, it was great on both fronts. They told a great story. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, there was a lot of fun little spots too. So, and... and I was going to ask, what part of great storytelling involved removing Sammy's wrestling boots and biting his toes? You've never seen Matt Hardy do that before? No. Oh, well, of course I have. Yes. Uh, that the... <laughs> The point, the point is, is like we're trying to build to a match here, a first ever stadium stampede match. Do you feel right. like removing his wrestling boots and biting his toes is is the right way to go about that? Or are we just trying to show that Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy, is so broken that he's willing to eat people's feet 
Yes. To get some sort of psychological advantage. Yes. Over the inner circle going heading into this stadium stampede match. I mean, that would that would mess up my game plan. Seriously. <laughs> this man's willing to bite my toes off. Like it doesn't really hurt, but that's guy. just weird, man. No, it doesn't just, feel what are you good. Doing? No. It doesn't feel good. But yeah, so anyway, I I hope he's got some antifungals to take because who what's knows what's in his mouth now. Uh <laughs> But the thing is, is this match ended, Matt Hardy picks up the victory and then looks up on the screen and the inner circle have Kenny Omega trapped against a goalpost out on the field. The nearby field, of course, because we're, we're doing this at a, an adjacent venue. And uh, they're saying, oh, look at your little buddy. What are you going to do? We're going we're gonna to beat him up to make it so he can't work this match by the time you get here. And so Matt Hardy starts hustling to the stadium. But, of course, Matt Hardy is, you know, in a, he's 40-something. His hips don't work so good anymore. So he's kind of trundling over there. But luckily, who should appear in the stands magically out of nowhere? But the Young Bucks. They're back. They're back. The Young Bucks are back. They somehow flew in from where was Pacoima that they live in Southern California. Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. But they showed up, and they immediately dove into the inner circle and started – fighting to help poor Kenny Omega. Uh, but they were still outnumbered. Even when Matt Hardy showed up, it was still, it was, they were, they were getting overwhelmed. When who should show up? But running all the way down the field to deliver a lariat to Jake Hager, Hangman Page, in his cowboy boots, 100-yard dash in cowboy boots, by the way, shows up. So we have a big old brawl on the football field, and uh, Young Bucks and, and the elite stand tall. Hangman kind of like gruffly walks up. Yeah, 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 I was here for you guys. And he walks away to do his own thing. Um, and then they pose as the camera kind of pulls out the, the wire cam that Vince McMahon invented, pulls out, and they're all standing there posing at the end of the field. Young Bucks do their pose. and So it, uh, that was the build of the stadium stampede match, Nick. What do you... Are you now excited for the stadium stampede match, or is it not going to be able to hold up to the kind of insanity that we've seen from Inner Circle and Elite over the last few weeks? I'm not really sure what to expect. The only thing that I've heard logistics-wise about the match is that there is going to be a ring in the middle of the field on the 50-yard line of Jaguar Stadium. Right? That That's the extent of what I know. It's, it's no DQ. I don't know if it's falls count anywhere. Does it have to be a pin or submission in the ring? To finish the match, I, I really don't know what to expect, but you know what? I'm going to have a big-ass bag of popcorn, and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it just watching these 10, 10 or so guys just go at each other for what will probably end up being an hour-long fracas. I can't imagine this being anything less as much as they've tried to build this up. And it's the elite, and it's the inner circle. The collective on these two teams might be just... It's it's a who's who of professional wrestling in 2020. Well, it's certainly a bunch of talented, creative guys, and they're they're just going and getting creative as they want. From what I've seen, the setup is literally a wrestling ring at the 50 yard line. Yeah. In the in the in the in the stadium. That's <laughs> Which, all I know. I have yeah. no idea what to expect. Yeah, they've apparently, uh, but I'm here, but I'm here it, for it. <laughs> they filmed it last night, apparently, and everyone's very excited about it. From what I hear, so good. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I guess the only thing I have to wonder is what the, what's the deal with Hangman's character? Is he coming across as dickish still, or what's happening there with him still kind of being standoffish? I don't know. You'd think they'd have figured this out by now in kayfabe, whatever. By the way, I'm I don't remember gonna... who it was. Whoever made the Monty Python reference about him running <laughs> all the way across the field. Like You could see yes. like this little sliver of like a blurred human on the horizon, and yeah. it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and bang! Hang, uh, clothesline. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was awesome. 
Uh, also awesome, the women's tag match. We had uh, we had Nyla Rose and Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander and and Hikaru Shida. Shida, of course, being the number one contender to Nyla Rose's women's championship. And this was actually a, a really well-worked, fantastic match, and it, it shows how much the women's division has grown, even if you just take these four women, yeah. um, how, how much it's grown and gotten better. The downside was, at one point, Sheeta and Statlander picked up Nyla Rose and slung her over their shoulders and then basically just kind of bombed her onto Britt Baker, who was lying in the corner. Well, Nyla came down on Britt's knee, and Britt immediately, you could tell, something was wrong. And yep. she didn't work. She, she did a couple of quick spots, and they were trying to improv with her, and then they eventually got her over to the corner, and she didn't work the rest of the match. Yeah. So, so there's you, you injury. You can see the medical professional pulling her out of the corner. Oh, yeah. Corner. Yeah, Doc Samson was checking her on her for the rest of the match. Yeah. Um, and this is our second. This brings us to our second injury. The first was Matt... Jackson, when he apparently somewhere early on in the little brawl on the field, he landed weird on his rib. So now his rib is jacked, which is weird because he's so used to selling his back. I don't know how he's going to sell something different. Right. Um, but, but apparently he's banged up, but okay. You could actually see him selling it at the very end of the show. But um, probably not selling it, probably actually just you know genuinely feeling it. But uh, this is one that's actually very serious. Apparently Britt Baker has not been cleared to wrestle for tonight, and she will be replaced by Penelope Ford in a match against uh, Chris Statlander. And I'm not mad so, at that, if I'm being completely honest. No, better. I mean, don't mess with a knee. We haven't heard what exactly is up with her knee, how bad it is. Yeah, obviously, the knee can be very scary. I, I really hope it's not something that takes her out of action for a long time, because she was really on a roll there in a lot of ways, and that's yep. just, it's a tragedy that, uh, that she's not going to be able to work the match of the pay-per-view. Um, Penelope Ford, is that a good replacement Totally. For her against Statlander? Totally. Does Statlander, that kind of Statlander to was going to win either way, in my opinion. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, if, if, she wasn't, if she wasn't before, I think she's going to now. But yep. the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you know, I, feel, I feel bad for Britt. And some people are taking it out on the other girls and saying that was an unsafe move. Do you feel that was unsafe or was this just a freak accident? I mean, anytime you take a big person like that and throw it onto a tiny person... There's a risk of injury. Uh, we we've seen this happen how many times with Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss, you know. And I'm not going to compare Nyla to Nia, but what I'm saying is is that size matters. Anyway, I'll, I'm not I'll, even, I'll no, let I'm that no one selling. hang there. The I'm point no the selling. point being is that when when Nia Jax puts Alexa Bliss up on her shoulders, climbs up to the second rope, oh, and does a Samoan drop down agenda. to the. the it's a tiny little 100-pound, 5-foot-nothing Alexa Bliss, right? Even though she's kind of jacked, she's still tiny little Alexa Bliss. When you take tiny, tiny little Britt Baker and you take two other women and throw another giant woman on top of her, gravity takes over, and her weight is multiplied by 9.8. So now you're... <laughs> What? Right? This is all, this is this is new math, right? It's physics. Steiner math. This is this is not it's Steiner Nick math. It's Steiner math. It's it's oh gravity, right? You take the gravity plus the weight of the per and you you're that it's is now the weight that's landing on Britt Baker's knee. Thirteen point five percent extra weight lands on her. Take and a it smells disaster a, for her. Double or nothing. Take a can of soda or something that weighs about a pound and hold it about three feet in the air and drop it on your knee and see how good it feels. Now do that times about 200. It is 9.8 times what it normally weighs by the time it hits your knee because it reaches terminal velocity. That's not how it works. But it's not terminal velocity. Jesus. You know okay. <laughs> the, point, 
the point is, dude, is that, you know, it's wrestling and there's lots of times where people do things that might be dangerous, but normally it's going to be fine. And the same thing happened with the other injury on the show, which we'll get to in a little bit, where it was a move that while you don't see it very often, it just it didn't work out the way it was supposed to. People weren't in the right place. Right. And it didn't work out. That's essentially what I saw here was they did a move, you know, basically just kind of a assisted cannonball uh, for on Nyla Rose, and Britt's leg just happened to be in the wrong place and turned the wrong way. I don't blame anybody here, and I don't think you can. Maybe don't weaponize Nyla Rose. That's that's just what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I, st- I Well, I still don't think it's, it's nobody's – I don't think it's anybody's fault. It just happened, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. But, again, we're getting Penelope instead in the match against Chris Statlander, so – uh, best of wishes to Britt Baker. Hope she is okay and it's not something too serious. Um, something that I, I'm not going to lie, Nick, I'm not as okay with is the portrayal of the Dark Order. So let's talk about what should be the main event, which is our title match, the AEW title match between John Moxley and Brody Lee, which, sorry, Mr. Brody, excuse me, which opened to the show, but honestly, after the show was done, it felt like the third or fourth most important match on the card. I want to like this, and I don't. Yeah. So we've got Brody Lee out the top of the show uh, saying to the people at home, my eyes to your eyes, uh, that if you want to join the Dark Order, you can stop losing and stop being a loser and and join us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And then he's got number 10, so kneeling next to him. He yells at him for kneeling wrong first. But he says, I'm making you a knight of the Dark Order. Uh, you're going to go out and you know hurt John Moxley before my match. And then because my men need to believe in me, I've got to you know portray the same. You know, I say all these things to my men. I've got to actually back that up. I'm going to go beat Moxley at double or nothing, which really puts him in kind of a bind, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so out goes 10, who it's funny I'm used to see, I, I've, I've seen Preston Vance in like indie shows, and he seems like a big guy. Next to Brody Lee, he looks like he looks tiny. Next to John Moxley, he does not look as big as one would think he does. He is, and he got his ass royally handed to him by John Moxley. They, they, it's not a squash, but Nick, but it was damn close to a squash. Yeah, and it, it's. I'm not gonna lie. Before I get into my other complaints um, or critiques. Here's a here's an opportunity at a point where some of your members of Dark Order are stuck in Canada, and you've got a limited amount of guys to work with, and you want to make them look like a threat, or you want to make us intimidated by them, or feel like they're a force to be reckoned with, or that we should be worried about our champ. And then our champ comes out and beats their top guy. You're right. Not just beats him, but afterwards puts his arm in a chair and then tells Brody, to, you know, Mr. Brody, bring out my belt that you stole. Or else I'm going to break his arm. And Brody goes, well, you know, sometimes you got to make sacrifices. I'm walking away. And Moxley goes, cool. We're, we're the arm. dark order. We're into sacrificing shit. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so he breaks his arm, and that's that. That's the whole thing. This didn't make me feel like Brody Lee was more of a threat to John Moxley. This no. didn't make me feel like the dark order was a threat to John Moxley. It didn't make me feel like the dark order was a well-run organization. It made me wonder why people worked for this guy. It made me wonder how long it's going to be before these people rebel against Mr. Brody. It was uh, the whole thing 
left me scratching my head, Nick, because this is not how you build a strong, scary faction, and it's not how you put your champ at risk. You know? Yep. So I don't understand what the logic was here. No, I don't either. But I, I got to jump in on you and call it a couple of Super Chats because yes. they, they're blowing them up. Uh, first off, Esme with the 99 cent and the $2 Super Chat said, BWA Daily, let it begin way back yes. at the beginning of the show. Thank you, Esme. And Michael Miller. How you doing, Mr. Miller? Uh, 49.99 in the super oh chat says one double or nothing on me tonight, gents. Thanks yes. for the endless entertainment. Thank you. Thank you Michael so Miller. much, man. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Very, very kind. Looking of you. forward to a long, long night, long night of the wrestling tonight. For sure. <laughs> long day, no. long night. And my um, good. My take on this is that one, why is I like Moxley and his dedication to violence. He is Moxley. Every, and even the backstage segment he had says, ultimately, everything leads to violence, one way or another. And I, and I like mm -hmm. this. He's very one-sided. He's one, got one motivation, just wants to whip everybody's ass. On the other hand, I 100% agree with you. I don't buy Dark Order as a threat. I don't buy Brody Lee as a threat. They've completely screwed this whole thing up, like I've been saying from the beginning. We all, I, we all thought, beginning of the year... Come with me, guys. We all thought it was going to be Matt Hardy that was going to come out as the exalted one. I was. We did not all. I was think riding that. that train off the cliff. Well, okay. You, you, were, you thought I, that. Yeah, well, most of we, us were we like, all, "Oh my God, broken Matt Hardy is the exalted one." Yes. All the little like Nick booking voices in your head underneath yes. your tinfoil hat thought that it was going to be Matt Hardy. And then Brody Lee comes out and has that in the tunnel with smoke yeah. and it's like yes yes okay yes you're gonna get it right and yeah. since right. then it's been a, a a mafia parody he might as well be brody soprano you know <laughs> uh, just it just feels silly and dumb and wwe and i'm well, sorry i want better than that and what's the it's not even that it's wwe so much as it's, it's just not it's not accomplishing what it needs to accomplish to be right. effective in the storylines and in the fuse that it's in. Um, and it hasn't been since the beginning. Like They've been either presented as world-enders or as absolute jobbers. And there's almost no middle ground, and they kind of have to be more on the world-ender side of things, even if you can outwit them or escape them. For us to give a crap about this faction, if you have a faction of this size that's full of minions, there's no reason why they shouldn't be running the place. Right. Except you're making all of the minions look like absolute goons. At, like, except for a couple of small instances, they never run in a pack, which makes no freaking sense. You've got a pack of wolves. Send them out. Why are you having lone wolf moments like 10 here or like any other time that they've been out there, just two guys, and the rest of them are sitting or hanging back going, well, I guess we're just going to go by the rules of this match. You know, their whole thing is be a winner, don't be a loser, but yet they all still lose. And I don't know if they're trying to do some sort of thing where they're exposing the hypocrisy of the cult, but it makes them look stupid. And that's the, the thing. I, I want this to work because it's a good idea. Uh, Brody's a great performer. Preston's a good performer. Eva Luno, Stu Grayson, like a lot of, these, a, lot of the, a lot of the other guys playing the mask guys, they're good performers. The story just needs to back them up, and it's, it's not right now. Even if you have... The, the Mr. McMahon, Tony Soprano parody that Brody Lee's doing right now, you can have that. You just need to have them either win or look intimidating. And they didn't hear. And that's They're doing why this match, this, why the match doesn't feel important. Like, and you're, and, making, and, you're making Moxley do Healy dickish shit 
as a face champion, and that's an, you're not he's breaking uh, people's arms. Like you can get away with it because it's Moxley and because violence, and that's his mo. And but, Dark Order, they're so they're so bad and so evil, and and haha, <sighs> Moxley is just such a rebel. But no, you're right. Like it's not making him look good. And here's the thing: they've booked themselves into the corner that if Brody wins tonight, Moxley looks like a chump. Yep. If Moxley wins, Brody looks like a huge chump, and Complete so does everybody waste. else who follows Dark Order. So yep. it's a it's and it didn't have to be this way. Nope. So hopefully they pull something out of their hat. Uh, they've got a twist or something because right now that train, as you as you, you already use that metaphor, that train's heading right towards the cliff right now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we mentioned that there was another avoidable injury in the show, and sadly it happened at the end of a match between Phoenix and Orange Cassidy. Mm. Stemming from a match, a match stemming from the fact that Phoenix kicked the absolute head off of Orange Cassidy last week, came out of nowhere. You had Pack cutting a promo in, in some, you know, skeezy loft in Newcastle, uh, showing that clip of, of Orange Cassidy getting kicked in the head repeatedly behind him, basically saying, "Hey, I'm sending out my assassin Phoenix to do the dark triangles or the death triangles, dirty work." Phoenix is going to take out Orange Cassidy, and then he's going to win the ladder match. Well, as we know now, uh, half of that was true. Phoenix, Phoenix ends up sneaking out a win over Orange Cassidy when uh, uh, Kip Sabian comes out, climbs a ladder, and distracts him. Um, I will say this. This was not a match where he had a whole lot of Orange Cassidy comedy. There was a couple of like funny bits that played to his character, but this was Orange Cassidy wrestling. The dude wrestled for like 15 minutes. Straight up wrestled. Loved it. So if you don't think Orange Cassidy can wrestle... This was your match. Yep. <laughs> go check this out. Because there's a lot of go. great supercut highlight reels of his career as well. He's been doing it a long time. His yeah. timing is brilliant. I loved that this week when he came out first, Phoenix tried to come in again from the side, and he just kind of smoothly ducked and walked down the ramp as if nothing had nothing phased him. And yeah. that's the brilliance of his character is that he can still make everybody else look good, but he can still maintain that sort of smooth operator mm-hmm. uh, vibe to him. Just and then when he goes, it's just it's like lightning. When yeah. and, and him him in the ring with Phoenix is is absurd. Oh, uh, it was it, it was it was beautiful and it was a fantastic match. But as, as we mentioned, it ended up with people coming out first, Kip Sabian, and then the best friends, and then uh, pretty much everyone else who was in the ladder match, and then some. You know, SCU. And unfortunately, at a certain point, Phoenix tried to do a springboard off the top rope to the outside, and the four guys who were out there. Just didn't catch him. Nope. They they were they thought he was going to go farther. They didn't come forward. They caught his feet, but then his back and hip came down on the ground from you know ten fifteen feet in the air. I hear it's a it's a coccyx tailbone injury uh, that yeah. he's got. Did not look fun at all. You don't recover um, from those quickly either. So. No, no, he broke his butt. His tailbone. And yeah, so he's he's not happy right now, and he will unfortunately be out. Of double or nothing. However, they did supp- they did uh, trade in Joey Janela. So Joey I'm Janela. Not bad at that. <laughs> I want to be clear. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I feel awful for Phoenix. Yeah, he would have been amazing in this match. But Joey Janela in a in a cluster F ladder match is not a bad thing either. That it's we gonna be just fine. Yeah. But it is it is too bad, and you know, hopefully, you know, recover quickly, Phoenix, because that's a well, that's that's such a bummer, man. Is I know a lot of people want to throw blame around and say like they shouldn't have been doing these crazy moves, 
the day before a pay-per-view or the week before a pay-per-view. Like, where are you on that? Should Phoenix have toned this down? Because they were going. There was a lot of guys just going on this show. And, you know. I want to make sure is, I don't have that, a double standard when I when I answer yeah. this. Because we were pretty hard on the SmackDown crew for blowing their wad before um, uh, Money in the Bank a couple weeks ago. But that wasn't like physically blowing their wad. They weren't like going and doing big well, spots. Well, they, they, they had an eight-man like, tag, which right. kind of that's, – that's a lot of stuff going on, which you were trying to set up for a fatal four-way tag match. So – I want to make sure I don't have a double standard here. Should they have gone that hard? I don't know. I don't feel like they were going that hard. That's just their gear. Like you get Cassidy and Phoenix in there, and they're just gonna go at that pace. But that match wasn't dangerous. You know what I mean? Like no, they mostly did some pretty it, safe some, spots. They, it they was botched exciting. the catch. They they botched they, the catch yeah. outside. That's all it was. But should Phoenix have got? I mean, I know they're they're trying to make the excitement for the match and say, look what the crazy kind of stuff that's going to happen in this ladder match. And hindsight's twenty twenty. If they all catch him, we just say, "What an exciting spot!" and move on. Yeah, you're right. So that's kind of that's kind of what I'm getting to is, I can't really be mad at these guys for wanting to create big moments in this particular match, which was supposed to be the heater. It's supposed to heat up. It makes makes people want to watch the match tonight. So I can't be mad at him for wanting to go do a big spot. It just was the guys outside were in the wrong place. Phoenix's flip was a bit short, like people didn't correct, and accidents happen. Um, but and and really, the only person really suffering from it is Phoenix. He doesn't get the pay per view money, and he and you know he's got the busted butt right now, the busted cock six. So he's the one who's ultimately at the end of this, the one who's suffering. Do do we? So what do we know about Pentagon? Quick sidebar here. Do, is uh, he's he, stuck is he in Mexico. Stuck a lot in Mexico? of AAA, okay. A lot of triple A guys, and and um, him and Jack Evans, uh, at least from AEW. Yeah, a bunch of people are stuck in Mexico. He's one of them. So okay. if that's where he's at. All right. Uh, my, in, my, in my heart of hearts, I, I have wanted to see a Pentagon singles run the likes we've, that we haven't seen since the first season Dude, don't, of Dude, don't get me started Lucha, on Pentagon. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started on it. what they're doing with Pentagon. That's All one right. of my big critiques of AEW right now Yeah, is, is squandering some of their talent. But neither here nor there. I believe in their big picture. We'll, we'll talk about that another time because we've got to talk about MJF. Well, you just brought up a good point. Uh, one quick thing. Uh -oh. I did attend the AWE press briefing pre-Double or Nothing with Cody because we're on the press list. Yeah. So I got an invite to that. And one little nugget as we go through Dynamite and we talk about Double or Nothing, we're going to do our pickums here in a few minutes. Cody said that 90% of the card for, for Double or Nothing had was already been planned. Or 90% of the card you're going to see tonight was already planned and booked before the pandemic outbreak and lockdown orders and all of that stuff. And I'm like, wow, okay, so they really do that, – that's at least three months out. Yeah. So I'll they, go, they really I'll do have erase that out. from my news segment there, Nick. Thank oh, you very well, yeah. much. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> it was relevant now. Yeah, no, yes. they were they – were, this was – a lot of this was part of the plan. Yeah. So – they did a pretty good job of keeping the, keeping everything on the rails. But as I was saying, MJF had a match with Marco Stunt as a way to piss people off before his match with Jungle Boy tonight at Double or Nothing. And it was a humiliation. Marco ended up getting some moves in. It wasn't a, a quick match. They, they had some back and forth. But it was mostly MJF just tormenting Marco Stunt and at the end saying, you know, uh, you know I, I, would, I wanted to get one of my rats from here in Florida to give you a kiss, but no one's going to kiss you, so just kiss my ring instead. And he hits him in the face. And out come Luchasaurus and, and uh, Jungle Boy to chase off MJF and Wardlow. Uh, 
I don't know. How do you feel about Marco Stunt on this I Can Do It By Myself tour, which is what he's kind of been on for the last couple of months, which is going out there and getting murdered by people to try and prove that he can do it alone. I love it's it. Getting, it's getting long in the tooth for me. And I thought this well, match sure. with MJF, I thought this match with, with MJF also overstayed its welcome a little bit. It, it, it stretched credulity at a few points. Why, uh, why did we love Otis and Mandy? Uh, because it was organic. There was this underdog. He was never going to get the chance, all of that kind of stuff. And we look at something like a Marco Stunt, who's a little guy. He's an underdog. He's never going to get the big chances, all of those kinds sure. of things. There's an organic nature of that babyface underdog that we all want to get behind. And right. that's that's where I look at this. Now, is it getting a little bit long-winded? That's I, what I'm saying. I, I'm not sure if he's being used as a little guy to get squashed by Lance Archer, etc., or if he's being used to set up something else. And what I think it is is it's setting up other stuff. It's setting up MJF and Jungle Boy, and it's setting up Luchasaurus and Wardlow. And in yes. that context, I am perfectly okay with it. Okay. He is the sacrificial lamb of sorts to set up two really big matches that we all want to see. So I, I'm not mad at it. It's it's staging grounds for the next big things. MJF I, oh, might I, be. I understand practically why it exists. Oh, I yeah. just I'm saying it's getting a little bit long in the tooth. They've got to find another layer of it, or, or at some point they've got to do more with Marco than than this. Um, and they have done in the past. It's just right now, like I, it just feels like it's in a. It feels like a bit of a rut. And I'm nitpicking. Yeah. I want to. I want to make it clear. I yeah. know I'm nitpicking. I, I no. I had no fundamental problem with this. It's just I'm sitting here going, couldn't we be doing more? I'm watching MJF beat down Marco. Haven't I seen this before? Uh, a, a lot. Yeah. So that's that's kind of that's where I'm at with it. It's just. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about Arn Anderson and Jake Snake Roberts. All right. They had a, they had a face off. My nostalgia is tingling. Uh, Arn Anderson had goosebumps. I had goosebumps. Jake is cold as a snake, so of course he felt nothing. But the rest of us all saw this and were like, oh my God, Arn Anderson and Jake the Snake Roberts across from each other at a 10-foot table so they can't be close. Right. Promoing at each other. Uh, I, uh. What? You can no. tell that you can tell that you can tell that the years had gotten to them a little bit. They were stumbling over each other trying to get words in edgewise, but damn. They both still got that that promo fire. Yeah. And then Jake stood up and yanks the table out of the way, and I literally stood up kicking my chair out going, Oh, my God! They're going to go! <laughs> Did you actually think they were going to get physical? Yes! So, For a second there, I thought... What are you I talking mean, about? He's been doing DDP yoga and shit, man. You know so, how powerful... That stuff makes you powerful. Well, before he couldn't walk, now he can walk. <laughs> That's how far he's got on DDP. Okay, like, we're glad Jake can walk. Right. Well, you, did you watch the rise and fall of Jake the Snake Roberts? Dude could not walk. Right. But I stood up and I just went, oh my God. Scott Hall We're was going. in a wheelchair. Now he's actually ambulatory. Like that's what DDP Yoga did for him. Yeah. He ain't going out there and taking a spine buster from Arn Anderson. Listen, he was planking and thrusting all over Brandy Rhodes. So he's been doing something. He's a little bit more than ambulatory right now. It doesn't mean he's taking a spine buster from Arn Anderson. <laughs> or Let, that, that Arn could give him one in the way, first place. <laughs> there's a long way between doing downward dog and taking a spine buster from Arn Anderson. That's <laughs> a was, that's a huge disparity. <sighs> so, oh. no, I, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, God, someone's going <laughs> to yes. someone's gonna break a rib. Oh, I, was full, I was Burns in my died. full no. Ken Watanabe going, let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> let the two old monsters just go oh, at God. each other. Yeah, they, they pointed out that they they'd never actually had a match together. And uh, that's 
it's true. And I'm, I was sitting there just going like, damn, then these two guys cutting promos on each other back in the day would have been hot fire. Again, here, like I still I, I felt like time had caught up a little bit with these promos, but it was still they were they were both effective. You know, Jake's out there saying Lance Archer's gonna kill your boy, and Arn's saying, You don't understand, my boy needs this. Yeah. And he's gonna take out your boy. And all and you know, they wore words and they they kind of started threatening each other, and finally Jake had enough and flipped the table and they had to be separated by a whole bunch of other people. And all right. It was a it was a it was a fun nostalgic segment. Um, it got the point across. It was I thought a creative way of instead of having more Cody and Lance Archer stuff, we've got the the two old generals might bring in some lapsed yeah. fans. Who knows? So not mad at it. But the big takeaway was that Arn pointed out that Mike Tyson isn't just there to present the TNT Championship. Oh. He's going to have free reign to do whatever he wants. Physicality included. There was a serious tease here that Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, going to punch somebody. Someone's getting decked by Tyson. Uh, um, huh, huh, huh. So, mm, does he figure into the match outcome, or does he just like have a little action after the match? Because Lance Archer, like, Jake was saying, Lance Archer thinks he can knock out Mike Tyson. Which is cute. 50-year-old Mike Tyson could pretty much kill almost anyone. Yeah, in case you hadn't seen the hype videos he's been putting out <laughs> recently Jesus. with his old man salt and pepper beard, and he's still got that boom, boom, that lightning speed and that uppercut, that turn uppercut that he does. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I wouldn't want to become within 10 feet of Mike Tyson. Right. Much less take <laughs> a punch by him. This kind of felt, and Esme just put this in the chat, it felt like you know you got the two fathers on the playground with the two biggest meanest kids in school and both the fathers like yeah my son can kick your son's ass the other father's like my son can kick your son's ass boys yeah. boy, <laughs> get to it let's find out who boys tougher. come over to the sandbox real quick boy come here our boy's gonna fight and then all of a sudden one of the boys is like talking smack about the 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 10th grader <laughs> who's over there right. working out and the 10th grader comes over and he's like i could be this 10th grader and everyone else is like don't Tenth grader, he's gonna kick your ass. Don't yeah. no. The tenth grader's gonna kill you. Don't talk <laughs> shit to the tenth grader. Don't do it. He's not and even the, a wrestler. He's a world he's class not, boxer. Okay. He, yes. All he. <laughs> what are you going to do? He punches you once and you die. Your eyeballs will be found up in the cheap seats. Like, ugh. Anyway, so now, so Nick, obviously, you and I have made it very clear. We're hyped as hell about Mike Tyson being part of this, just because. Mike freaking Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson being involved, he was supposed to just present the championship at the end, much like Bret Hart on. presented the original. Yeah, okay, uh, but, but come on, I, come I, on, you, can't just, just, you we were freaking like no. Hang on though, just, are we gonna have a smaz finish after this whole tournament? We're we're gonna oh, we're not. gonna smaz this finish. I, I, I no, please don't do that. Please have a finish. Please have, crown oh, a champion it, it at the end of this. Like it sounds like to me, Nick. If I were to predict this. Lance Archer, I think he's going to win. Let's yes. say he doesn't. And he gets mad at Mike Tyson saying it should be mine, it should be my thing, and Mike Tyson knocks him out and gives it to Cody. Or, other way around, he gets it and then talks shit to Mike Tyson and gets knocked out. Either way, I don't think that's going to figure into the finish because they know that that would, that would piss people off. Um, Do you think Mike Tyson sells for Lance Archer? No! Oh, okay. Opposite. Opposite. Okay. I think like the one dude who could knock out Lance Archer would be Mike Tyson, and people would believe it. You're like, okay. 
Hmm. But that, that might it might take a little shine off of Lance Archer for doing that. Um, or, you know, if if they have a good enough relationship with Tyson and Tyson will sell for Lance Archer and Lance Archer can actually like put himself over Mike Tyson. I mean, you talk about building a star. That would do it. Yeah, Lance decks Mike Tyson in the middle of the match, and then he just turns and looks at Cody, and Cody just cowers and begs off and just is completely overwhelmed. Like, he just knocked out Mike Tyson. Kyle with the super chat, five bucks. Thank you, sir. Says, Archer or Cody better get the oranges up the stairs for Arn or Jake. Stelio, Stelio, Contos. I don't know what that is. Do you know what that, what? It rings a bell. I feel like I should know the reference. It's Kyle Greek. Yeah, let me know what that is supposed to mean. Get the oranges, oranges up, the, up stairs. the stairs. Arnold Jake. Oh, uh, apparently color commentary from Do- Dog Ziggler. He knows what he's talking about here. I, I wish I, I wish I spoke dog because then I would know how. Yeah. Oh, is that what it means? What's that boy? Stelio Contos. It's a type of beer. I think you've got that wrong, Dog Ziggler. He says uh, it's an American Dad reference, and I didn't watch American Dad. My apologies. Oh, that's that's Ziggler's favorite show. No wonder. Oh, uh, okay. okay. No wonder. Yeah, when I'm gone, he's all about that alien on that show. It's yeah. his favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll put it on when we're done. Uh, so we also had another Darby Allen video uh, of him playing cards with people who had like cutouts of the other people who were in the uh, ladder match on their faces, dealing the cards. Darby, Darby pushes all in. Wins it all, and then they show him on top of a burning ladder with the fire creeping up his leg. Another Darby video, pretty straightforward. I'm going to win the ladder match. Okay, thanks, Darby. We get it. But are you? Are you without the help of Taz? That's the question. Mm. So, until and I, I don't, I don't think I think that Darby and Taz that story has got to go somewhere. Otherwise, Darby is just kind of flying in circles. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. It's, oh. I, I would be okay with Darby just moving forward and keep doing Darby. Darby's been fine by himself. Oh, well, we'll have to disagree I, on I, that I, one. I liked all the body bags, and I liked all the stuff and the skateboarding and the things that it's, it's unique. We hadn't seen that before. I love it. It is. I, 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 it did not need Taz. All right. Just my opinion. My, my two agree, cents. Agree to disagree on that one. Uh, what did you think about Sean Spears doing the news? Sean Spears news hour and and he said, "Well, here's the news: Dustin Rhodes is retiring." Why? It felt because like it felt like a hat tip to Simon Miller always doing the kayfabe news, and it, I know Simon's been trying to get it to be his tag team partner, as as him and Tully were putting that out there. They were on the search for tag team, and yeah. Simon's been lobbying pretty hard to uh, to do that. Can't blame so him. I feel like Sean might have been doing a little bit of a, a little <laughs> bit of a hat tip, maybe. Maybe I don't maybe. know. I don't know. I- if, if if we're being positive about it, but no, I, yeah. either way, this is interesting because it's not something that I would have expected his character to do. It seemed gimmicky. It seemed silly, but yet it you know he delivered it with that level of kind of venom. This whole thing, which was basically just him talking smack to Dustin Rhodes and saying, "I'm going to take you out at, at double or nothing." All right, um, that was that was the whole purpose of it was setting up the match between him and Dustin at, at double or nothing. They've got history. They didn't have to do a whole lot of work. But I, at the end, I was sitting there going, like, is that the sort of thing Sean Spears should be doing? And I went, who am I to tell Sean Spears what he can or can't do? It's his world now. Yeah, He's not in WWE. His character can be whatever he wants it to be. He doesn't have to just be like the evil, vicious guy who takes guys out with chairs. If he wants to be a guy who's got a sense of humor 
or or can do a silly skit like this and turn it into something that starts a feud, he can do that. And it's he's charismatic enough, and this was interesting and entertaining enough that I just kind of went, uh, oh, okay. If that's what your character does, I'm not mad at it. It's getting I, layers. I like experimentation. If it works, great. If not, fail fast. Move on to the next thing. We yeah. Did the, we did the Tully thing as a mentor and as a coach. That worked for a hot minute with Cody, and then it kind of like a whoopee cushion, just deflated. And then now where he's trying to now they're trying to do the thing with the tag team partner and now he's doing the new, so I like that they're trying things. Yeah. If he were just sitting idle not doing anything, that would be where I would be concerned. But I don't mind this. I don't mind trying new stuff and maybe it gets over, maybe it doesn't. I've never been one to see overly sized athletic guys try and do weekend update slash news segments. That's never been I've never really been into that. But so yeah, I, here's a guy who 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 just did it and it was Entertaining. The guy can speak. He's charismatic enough. Like, sure. Why not? But I want to see him with right. a microphone cutting promos and shit. Not. not but this. can't he do both? Isn't he doing both? There, there's nothing. Nobody's saying he can't do both. No, but I, but I, I, haven't, I haven't seen him in a wrestling ring in months. At this point, it feels well. Like. It hasn't been months. He, he was he was beating guys a couple weeks ago, and you're going to see him in, in one tonight. Yeah. But the, my point is, is like this. This kind of harkens back to us talking about inner circle. Should they be doing the bubbly bunch? And well, they turn around and they killed Vanguard one. So can they play both sides of the field? Yeah, I kind of feel like they can at sure. this point. You know what I mean? And maybe that's what he's doing. Is he's saying, "Damn, I can go out there and be entertaining and do interesting little bits too," uh, and then turn around and have have matches and yeah. you know be kind of a asshole heel as well? Like, yeah, great. If you can do it, do Fantastic. it. Fantastic. And you know one of the things we're gonna do, Nick? What? We're gonna do our pickums for double or nothing. Well, we're going to kick things off tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern with the buy-in. It will be a one-hour kickoff show before the main show at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, starting off with Private Party versus The Best Friends, Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T. Ian, who have you got uh, for this match? I don't. I, I They've been doing some skits with Private Party on being the elite, but Best Friends have had the momentum. Sorry, I had to use that word. They've, they've had that momentum going for a, a while now, and to pay it off here, have them clear the final hurdle and then go into a feud with Kenny Omega and the returning Hangman page seems the logical decision. So I'm going to have to go with best friends here. They've, they've sneakily climbed up into the number one contender spot in the tag division um, very, very handily. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm totally picking best friends here as well. Uh, it's, it's pretty obvious to me they're going to be the next contenders for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Gonna be a good yeah. damn good match though. Yeah, it'll be, that. that'll be a lot of fun. Both of these both of these buy-in matches are gonna be fire. The other oh. one is the casino ladder match, Colt Cabana versus Kip Sabian versus Joey Janela stepping in for Ray Phoenix versus Luchasaurus versus Orange versus Orange Cassidy versus Scorpio Sky versus Frankie Kazarian versus Darby Allen versus TBA versus mm. mystery ninth member of this match. Uh, who do you have winning this match? The Scorpio Sky. Really? Yes. Mm. Okay. That's not a bad pick, actually. Yeah. Um, so you're saying Scorpio Sky? I think he's back, and he they're gonna they're gonna they they obviously couldn't put him over Jericho, but I think there's an opportunity here to push him to the moon, and I think it might start here. Well, before. 
Before I give mine, who do you see as being the mystery guy who steps in here? I have no idea. Well, you I, gotta, don't, I, don't, plus, I don't know who's... I mean, well, okay. Everybody I'll, else I'll that you, could is most. I mean, is, is having a match already. Let me let me throw this out there. You've got Brian Cage, who has said he wants to go to AEW, but is he was injured, and but he's a he's a free agent. You've got Ricky Starks, who just quit NWA, said he's a free agent. Drew Gulak is also out there. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, Rowan, who's also out there. You have a few guys who are out. I think Rowan's still under no compete, though. Yeah, he's, he's not uh, done I his imagine, 90 days I imagine yet. Gulak would be, too. But he, but, he uh, was released, though. There's, uh, when they're released, that, that absolves the, the non-compete. Yeah, I've got to check on which is which. Is which. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's Drew Gulak. <laughs> but no, I agree with that. It's not Drew Gulak. I don't I, think he's coming. Very unlikely. Ricky Starks and Brian Cage would be, the, like, in my yeah. opinion, the two most likely guys. And of those two, if I remember correctly, I, th- I believe Cage still has a little bit more time on his injury, but he could have healed quickly. Uh, Ricky Stark's ready to go. Yeah. And he'd be great to step in. There's, there's definitely this. a lot of hype for, for Ricky Starks joining the AEW roster. So, I, I, yeah, sure. I, I, I don't really... I'm trying to think. I'm going back down through the current roster of who's not in a match and who's not already in this match. And right. I'm struggling to find a name. QT, uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes, maybe? No, he's already got a match on the show. Oh, that's right. He has Sean Spears. Yeah. QT Marshall? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> here kind to of a, find names. I don't think that they would have a mystery person in this match if it wasn't an exciting return of some sort. Now, that's an interesting one. Jacob in the chat just said Cassius Ono. Uh-huh. I hadn't thought about that, but I don't think it's going to... I think you're right. I think it's Ricky Starks or Brian Cage. Very heavily leaning towards Ricky Starks, so I'll put Ricky Starks down as my pick. Okay. Are we doing a plus one on that one, or? Yeah. All right. Um, all right, because I, I, I feel bad um, if because I want I would want to say like if if it's Brian Cage, he's a guy who could come in and feel like he could legitimately just go in and just take that and be a challenger to the to the champion. Automatically legitimate. What are the stakes here? Is this for a champion? Number one championship? Yeah, you get a shot at wow. the world title. Uh, uh, then, then I definitely think it's Scorpio Sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, but the problem with Scorpio Sky, he's already had that shot at the title. If he loses it again, he's going to be the guy that like total almost ran right. And I'm looking at everyone in here. Darby does it. He's an almost ran again. Colt Cabana. Nah. Not that that is Colt Cabana, Kip Sabian, Joey Janela, Luchasaurus. Orange Cassidy, all varying degrees of, like, yeah, that'd be cool, but I can't see, like, it wouldn't be a match that I would look at and be like, they could possibly win that. Frankie Kazarian, too. So I'm going to have to say that, like, of the guys in the match, Scorpio Sky would probably be a top pick, maybe even Colt Cabana or Orange Cassidy. Darby Allen's already been there. That's, Yeah. No, to me, it's they're going to bring somebody in in this spot that's going to going to be the next challenger for the AEW Championship. Yeah, and it's to me, it's either going to be Scorpio Sky or the TBA if I'm yeah. looking at this list. And that's no offense to any of the other guys that are in this match, but uh, like you said, a bunch of almost rans and yeah. So I, I'm going to say they're saving the TBA spot for right. somebody special. I'm going to say it's the TBA, and I'm going to say the TBA is Cage just to have a different one than you. 
But if it is that TBA, I'm taking that point. Um, just I just can't see anyone else in here yeah. being that challenger. I, I can't. Uh, Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander. Stepping in for Boop. Britt Baker. Who do you have here? Going with your girl? Yep. Going with your girl, Chris. I, I think right. she's the next women's champion. My goodness. Yep. Um, I'm also going to go with Chris, but I don't know about that as far as the next women's champion. Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. I kind of feel like Sean Spears needs a win. I'm picking him. Who do you have here? I agree with you in principle, but Dustin Rhodes just got his ass whipped by Lance Archer, and I feel like he right. needs to get that back. Very true. Um, so I'm, I'm really torn here. This is a coin flip 50-50 for me because they both need it. Uh, I'll, I'll go out. You're picking Spears. I'll pick Dustin Rhodes. Cool. Uh, MJF versus Jungle Boy. What do you have here? MJF. Remember, MJF, remember, MJF is undefeated. Yeah, MJF. Yeah, I'm, I've got to go with that as well. Um, he's undefeated this year, I should say. <sighs> Except after all the Healy crap he's done, I could see Jungle Boy picking up a win. I'm going to take Jungle Boy, actually. Okay. Uh, just MJF has been so Healy. He's got that Wardlow X factor, though. So I know. I, listen, well, you're gonna, you, this is all for Wardlow and, and Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus on the Marco, outside. Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt being X factor, too. So yeah. I'm going to go Jungle Boy just to be different. Elite yeah. with Matt Hardy versus the Inner Circle in a stadium stampede match. Who do you have here? Inner Circle. I got to go Inner Circle, too. Um, I feel like there's more between these two factions. Elite is still kind of fractured. Inner Circle is... Let they, them continue you know, to fracture until yeah. they decide to make amends. Yeah, I feel or, like Inner Circle needs to take this one. Yeah, it needs I mean, to be Inner they, Circle. They need to be shown as a cohesive yeah. unit. Let been them trading fracture, off let them splinter, but let's make sure Inner Circle is all on the same page. Yeah, they've been trading off wins back and forth over the last few weeks, like who's who's taking the moment. And the last one was the Elite taking the moment, so I've, I'm kind of just that little bit of edge on, on uh, Inner yeah. Circle. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship. Is it Shida's time or is Nyla retaining? Nyla's going to retain. I agree. Uh, even though you had Chris Statlander put her through a table. Or oh, sorry, uh, Shida put her through a table at the end of the show. Um, that was an impressive spot to be able to do a top rope superplex through a table of Nyla Rose. Yeah. Uh, made, made Shida look great. And that's the last time she's going to look good because Nyla's going to kill her. Yep. <laughs> And I and I think the next in line is going to be Chris Statlander after she wins tonight as well, uh, uh, and it's it, it's all going to start making a bunch of sense. And I think Chris Statlander is the one that's going to dethrone Nyla Rose eventually, Fighter Fest or whatever we do this summer. Right. All right. Uh, Cody versus Lance Archer, the inaugural TNT Championship. Here we go. Um, who do you have in this one? Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. Same. Same as from the beginning. Cody, Cody, uh, Cody can take the loss. Uh, again, this is weird because Mike Tyson's in there. It could be a schmoz finish, which would be, it would completely make the entire TNT yeah, tournament I'd irrelevant. I'd be pissed. I'd be really upset if that happened. Um, but I, I, th there's no right way for Cody to win this. I can't figure out a right way for Cody to win it. So it's gotta be Lance. Lance ma is made almost instantly irrelevant if Cody wins this somehow. The only way I could see it working is if Cody wins and then Lance ends up beating up Mike Tyson to stay strong. Um, I'm actually I'm going to go out on a limb here, Nick. Oh, no. And, say, and I'm going to say Cody wins it. 
Yeah, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to have one of my crazy moments here. I don't have anything And all of this. that work by Jake Roberts of the last two to three months will have been for nothing. I don't know. I think they could redeem it. Who does Tyson punch for a plus one? Plus one. The ref. <laughs> Sorry, Aubrey. Bryce, Bryce Rems. Aubrey. Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards takes one from Mike Tyson. You're a mean man. Do you know that? You and are you know what? Cruel... We would all stand up on our feet and go, by God! No, I would be <laughs> horrified. That would be the worst. Mike Tyson, heel turn of the century. Right. Heel turn of Takes the century. Takes out one of the most beloved referees in current modern wrestling times. <laughs> Dude. Oh. It would, uh -uh. Blah, it would be so good. So good. Oh, my God. Esme with the $25 super oh chat. Oh, my goodness. Here's some pizza money, gents. Cheers. Oh thank my, you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I was I was feeling like some pizza. Pizza That's does sound good, actually. Yeah. Uh, what if what if Tyson joins the inner circle? Chef's kiss. Mwah. Oh, so good. That would be. Can you imagine the, the skits they'd get out of that? Oh yeah. He just he takes uh, his, whatever he has on. He takes it off, and it's it's got it's an inner circle T-shirt for the. Yeah, match. like 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 uh, WrestleMania 15, where he just takes it off and it's, right. it's, <laughs> it's not DX. All of a sudden, a Stone Cold shirt underneath. No, it's instead of, <laughs> it's not the elite. He's got he's got the inner circle shirt on underneath. Mike Tyson is in her circle. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, that'd be gold. John Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW championship. <laughs> Who do you have here? Moxley's retaining. Moxley's Mox is retaining. There's no way. Well, there's there is a way. There is a way. They could have Moxley get overwhelmed by the Dark Order and he could L look like listen, a goon. If, if Stu Grayson and Evil Uno somehow have figured out a way to get back to Daly's place in Jacksonville if and Stu can Grayson get and Evil Uno have snuck across the border. Right. If they <laughs> In the middle of the night, they, they, the, they've circumvented crawled, Customs and Border Patrol, crawled all the way down to Jacksonville, fence, <laughs> snuck by the Dobermans, right. and got back into America, then maybe, maybe, but yeah, Mox. <laughs> yeah, Mox is really I, I, if, they, if he drops it already, people are going to be looking at his reign and being like, well, that sucked. And if Brody if Brody loses, if Brody's going to lose here. He's going to. Uh, it's it's a it's a mess. It's a mess. Uh, We've been over this. Th this could. I, I agree with what Troy just said in the chat. I was getting ready to jump in on you and say that I think this yeah. could be a complete schmoz finish or uh, Moxley retains by DQ. But let's. I'll I'll call. I'll say this for the record. Moxley's walking out of Double or Nothing with the AEW Championship that was exactly. stolen from him a few yes. weeks ago. He's getting Agreed. The, He's getting his baby back. This isn't about the outcome of the match it's about him getting the title back and i think that that's that's one thing i was thinking when i was watching the show was they've got to do something more with this there's got to be something more to this match besides win or lose mox versus brody like straight up match there has to be a swerve there has to be something interesting that happens here okay. otherwise this is just flat as a pancake yeah so i i totally agree with troy i i'll, I'll go one more and say this beyond a smash finish they've got to have something major that we don't expect happening it can't just be like brody gets a chair and gets dq'd right like it's got to be it's got to be like something something so especially if this is the main i think i'm pretty sure the stadium stampede will be the main event yeah so if this is the main event if this goes on after the stadium stampede then prepare for like a debut or something that's the other thing is like do the do the revival show up i think they're still on no compete um, There's a lot of chatter about the revolt. Oh, no, they're not. They're not. They're not on no computer anymore. No, they're are not. They? they were. They're completely free. They negotiated out of it. Yeah, they're completely free. Um, but they do. So, have a, they do have a cease and desist on them right now from WWE. Well, just for the revolt name. Yeah. So I wonder. Somehow. I mean, they could still show up and just they wouldn't know. 
What's it? There is a lot of speculation out there that I read this morning um, before we started the show about, yeah, are we going to see the revival slash the revolt show up at double or nothing? Could the stadium Could one of them be the surprise entrance in the ladder? uh, Right. Casino buy-in, the ladder match thing. Whatever. Right. So they come out. They come out from under the ring. Stadium Stampede come up through the gates of hell. Yeah. In the Milton Adam. We shall see, Nick. We shall see in just a couple of hours, actually, which means we've got to get on with the show and go talk about NXT. Okay. Uh, I see the order that you have the notes put together, but I want to talk about something maybe in a little different way. Okay. As much as I might have said over the last couple of weeks that I'm totally okay with Charlotte going cross-brand and being sort of ubiquitous, it was kind of a little much this week. There was a lot of Charlotte. There was a lot of Charlotte. And we haven't even gotten to the other show yet at the end of the right. show here where she was, was a lot of too. Charlotte. And now we know that we're going to get Charlotte on Raw on mm-hmm. Monday mm-hmm. in a contender's match. So this, triple, is, this is strange. What, I, mm-hmm. yeah, what the heck was in triple threat con- uh, number one contender's match? Her and Nia Jax and, and Natalia. Natalia, where's Shayna Baszler in that picture? Why? So, I, neither of, here nor there. All of that to say that I, this is the first time that it has irked me the wrong way. You had Charlotte. I'm sorry. You had Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai in what should have been a match for the ages. It should have been a pay per view main event, and we got eight minutes of it on a show. That ultimately finished in a schmoz because Char- here out walks Charlotte, and then Charlotte ends up getting in, spearing, and and well, Rhea, Rhea ends booting. up running into her, and, well, and then so Charlotte gets involved in the who's match. Who's standing tall, holding the belt at the end of the match between Rhea right. Ripley and Io Shirai, effing Charlotte Flair? <laughs> Come on! Just, <laughs> I get it. I know she's uh, amazing. I know I'm on board with that, but. God damn it. Let me let me have 10 minutes of Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley just uninterrupted. Just let me have that. And you can't even let me have that. But you did get a bunch of them uninterrupted, and, and it was great to watch them work. But the point of this is to make you want more. And the point of this is also to establish the fact that all three of these women are gunning for each other for various reasons. Io and, and Rhea both want the championship. They don't like each other. Rhea and Io also have problems with Charlotte individually, and Charlotte's the champ and will take on anybody. So th- we're setting this up for a triple threat, Nick. We are. Oh, totally. And, if, and, it, and it might be a way to get the title off of Charlotte uh, without having Charlotte get straight up pinned, which makes me scared for Io Shirai. I'm not going to lie. Um, unless they have, unless by some stretch, they're like, let's, give a, let's get a finish where somehow Rhea gets KO'd or something. And and EO pins Rhea and wins the championship off of Charlotte, and then they're all protected, and Rhea and EO can just go feud, and Charlotte can leave NXT. EO pinning Rhea protects all of them. Right. Especially yes. if you have a, a really good way of having Rhea get knocked down or knocked out. Yeah. Right? One of Rhea's, her big, Rhea's, huge moonsaults that she does off the top. Or, I don't whatever know. it is. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, EO sneaks in and gets the pin. The point is that they're going towards a triple threat, and that's why Charlotte had to get involved here. I got it. I'm not going to lie, it just, I kind of figured that from the second the match started, so I wasn't terribly invested in the match because I didn't think there was going to be an, a, a, an outcome here. And there wasn't. And especially as soon as Charlotte came out, I'm like, oh, all right, cool. 
So it wasn't that engaging. But now I, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to a Rhea EO Charlotte triple threat, Nick. That's good stuff. Put it in my eye holes. That's, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. Okay then. Well, I'm but mad you got to build me, that somehow. Yeah, but let me have a Rhea EO match. Once, you just did. You had eight minutes of it. Well, okay. <laughs> what do you want, man? They got a show to do. They got to get through some stuff. I want a twenty-minute wrestling. I want to. I want them to go Broadway. Sixty minutes without a finish. I want yeah. Uh, my wrestling. It doesn't have to be sixty. Maybe twenty. Twenty's okay. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen better matches out of Io Shirai with the likes of Candice LeRae. It, that shouldn't be the case. When I have a match with Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, I should not be thinking about other good Io Shirai matches that I've seen in the past. I wasn't. I wanna, that was I wanna, you. I'm not saying it's everybody. Okay. I'm saying that's what I was thinking about. Like, oh, man, remember how good that Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, that when Candice did that moonsault off the top of the... Or, oh, my God, yeah. Oh, but that's crazy. This wasn't that, crazy. That was, that was a takeover match. It's fine. Like this was this was just a TV match. They were built. Then they're building something. Like it's a it's there. This was utilitarian. It wasn't supposed to be here fine. being an all time classic. Fine. I just I want I want Rhea and Io to have an all time classic in their <laughs> at some point. And they may. Like I said, maybe Io wins the title, and then we go into a Rhea and Io feud, and you get your wish a month or two down the road. Yes. Just, maybe. Just please, because Charlotte's relax, apparently going to go get number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship against Oscar <laughs> oh, on Monday. So she's going to move from one title to the other. So we've got to relinquish uh, the one on June 7th when we have the takeover coming up. Uh, a couple of super chats i got to get to real quick. Adam Ness yeah. with the 316. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Uh, first time, long time. Love the show. Stay well. You too, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, also, trivia, Nick, I know, you, I know you know this, but the 316 promo, who did he cut it on? Oh, where did who did King where did three sixteen come from? Yep. Well, I know it's the John. You got your John three sixteen. Well, Stone Cold right. three sixteen says I just whooped your ass. But that's because who's who's gimmick? Who got who had gotten all holier than thou because of his alcoholism, and that's why that's what that's what Stone Cold was referring to. And in fact, he was walking out of the. He had just beaten him. He was walking out of the the ring right then uh. as Stone Cold was was taking P.S. Hayes's uh, mic and starting to say all that. Who was walking out that Stone Cold's referring to when he said, you talk about your Bible and your John 3.16, who was he speaking to? I don't know. I don't remember. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake Roberts. So he beat for King of the Ring. Anyway, neither here nor there. Fun little wrestling trivia. Uh, but yes, thank you for that. Thank you for that 3.16 in the tip jaw. Yes. Also, uh, Kyle with five bucks again in the super chat. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Says Charlotte with the NXT title going across all the brands just feels like an extended version of the feeling of Brock running in to take money in the bank. I, you know what? No, I'm not. No, it's not quite that bad. It's not. Uh, listen, Charlotte is Charlotte. She's not. She's not Brock. She's not Roman Reigns. We've jokingly said Charlotte Reigns a few times before in the past. But, but she's not. But yeah. she's not. I get it. I completely understand Charlotte Flair, and I'm on board that train full stop, right? Yeah, and, and you can't compare her to Brock because she's on every show doing matches. She's getting, doing, she's getting the polar her lip opposite busted. of Brock, if anything. Right. She is a, she is a traveling champ. <laughs> like, that might actually be the problem. And she's definitely not Roman because, you know... She is she is she on a lot of things? Yes, but they're also not trying to put her over as like a, a obnoxious baby face who the fans love despite her getting booed like crazy. She's Charlotte Flair. She's an she's an a-hole. She's she is her last name. You know what I mean? Like so it's I'm I'm not mad at this in theory, 
but they are definitely walking a tightrope with it. Yeah. Uh, and it'd be very easy to get fans burned out on her. So hopefully they are taking that title off of her. They'll get her stuck to a brand soon. We shall see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was the that was the women's match. Looked like it's setting up for a triple threat. We also had another match set up for. We're setting up matches for in your house this week. Carrion uh, Cross. I keep wanting to call him Killer Cross. Carrion Cross comes out with his awesome entrance again, which is just so damn theatrical. Mm. I um, and I've got something to say about that actually. I, there's, I'm I'm gonna be a bit of a a, a a couch quarterback on this, but give me a second. Okay. So he comes he comes out, does his entrance with with Scarlet. Um, some other poor guy in the ring is already standing there. It was a, basically a, a carbon copy of, of last week. Murders the guy, a couple of Saito suplexes, puts him in the cross jacket, wins, one, two, three. They start posing, and out comes Tommaso Ciampa, who says, all right, I get it. You came in. You beat up the big dog because you want to make an impression. Great. Now you have my attention. Welcome to the main event. You and I are going to have a match at In Your House. And that was pretty much the segment. Um... So that, that fine, okay, all well and good. They're building Cross as being an absolute killer. Pardon the pun. Um, Champa, you know, he's still got, he's still Champa. So we're going to have a match between those two. Is that main event worthy in your opinion, Nick? Mm-hmm. Okay, so great, all, all established. Here's the little. <clears throat> here's the little. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, Put oh, it oh. in my eye holes. <laughs> Them two beating the holy uh, shit out of each other. That ain't mm-hmm. little Johnny Gargano, as Champa said, very yeah. apropos. That yes. is a six foot four, two hundred and sixty-five pound killing machine. He a big That boy. ain't little Johnny Johnny wrestling. No, that's a, that's a full on <laughs> man. That's a man. Champa and Killer Cross. It, yes, yes, yep. yes. All day, yes. Here's the funny thing, and I would love to get everyone else's feedback because I want to just make sure it's not just my perception. Okay, but I feel like. With with Karrion Cross's presentation, with the way he's presenting himself, he's doing something. There's, you know, there's something he could really learn from, of all people, the Undertaker. And if you look at the Undertaker and how he worked in the early part of his career, and he actually he even mentioned this on Last Ride, and it, and it reminded me, it's something that that has been talked about for years, is that one of the things that made Undertaker so cool was how slow he moved 90% of the time. But then when he exploded and he could just do these crazy big fast moves and run right back to being slow, right? That was exciting. It was, whoa, wow, what, what was that? Holy crap. Orange Cassidy uses the same thing, right? Where he's just, he does nothing, he's sloth-like, and then all of a sudden when he goes, you're like, wow! Karrion Cross needs to slow the hell down. He needs to walk with more purpose. He needs to like slow everything down. If you watch this match with 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 with, with this poor enhancement guy, Liam uh, Tyler, no, Le- something like that. Yeah. When he's stalking him, when he's walking on the ring, he's walking almost like a normal walking pace. If that became a very slow, deliberate stalk, if everything that he did was very slow until bam, cyto suplex, bam, cyto suplex, right. If he had these, if he everything was very, if he slowed everything down quite a bit, and then went at the speed he's been going with these big moves, it would make them seem that much more exciting. It would make him seem that much more terrifying. And I think that that's, to me, it's just a little thing that he could tweak to make himself even more of a big character. And it was actually bothering me how fast he was moving, because it took away from that 
the presentation. There's so much, so many things in the presentation that are already there, right? With the with the entrance, with the feeling of doom, the the overall depiction of his character as being this world ender. Why is a world ender walking full pace? He has no stalking by walking. It's the old horror movie cliche, right? Yeah. The killer never runs. The killer always walks, and usually somewhat slowly. It doesn't seem to make sense that he can catch the poor running girl who's. Ah! But he right. does. That's what makes him scary. Slow the hell down. That's that's just my take on it. Well, let's throw an Alistair Black in there for comparison. Slow, brooding walk and just explodes out of nowhere, right? Yep. Yep. Fiend is The Fiend is somewhat similar, too. Well, he'll, he'll hold very still, and then all of a sudden he'll go for you, right? Same thing. It, it, be a horror movie character. Right. And so that's obviously... They listen, so hopefully, you know, Karen, if you're out there, welcome to, to NXT. Uh, slow down. Slow down. And again, and, and, couch quarter. And, and, and Scarlett, please, please stop lip syncing. <laughs> I don't mind that. She, you, you she cut it in half. You can just do some interpretive dance and stuff with your Catwoman gloves, your talons. She cut it in half this time. It wasn't yeah, it, it wasn't that bad this time. They'll learn. Um, your boy Roderick Strong had a match with Dexter Loomis. <laughs> can I just <laughs> say Dexter Loomis is very quickly becoming my favorite wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> that boy's got a spine buster. Yeah, he does. That boy has a spine buster. That boy no-sells everything. And I love it. I, I yeah. didn't think I would love that, but I love it. Like, I absolutely love everything that Dexter Loomis is. The Stranger Things soundtrack. It's like he's got the Dust Brothers doing his his entrance music. Uh, it's just it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's again, it's they're going to have to find more levels to it. They're still in the we-don't-know-what-drives-him stage. Um, so there is some more evolution he's going to have to do over. It's going to get stale pretty quick, but... Damn if it ain't fun right now. And it's great to see it contrasting with Roddy, who has kind of evolved into this somewhat bratty character, snotty, bratty character who can, you know, who can go in the ring. But uh, yeah, this was a fun little match. And it showed that Loomis can work. Um, ultimately, he does fall victim to, uh, to a little Roderick trickeration and loses, but doesn't Barely. really care. He goes... Barely goes outside the ring, puts Roddy in a in a chokes him out outside the ring. The whole undisputed era comes out, and starts kicking him. He doesn't even change expression while they're kicking him on the floor. <laughs> I love this so and, much. <laughs> until all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Velveteen Dream comes out, lays out the entire undisputed era, and comes off the top turnbuckle to the outside over the barricades to take out Adam Cole. Good lord, that was a spot. Uh, so apparently, Dream is still around. If you were wondering if they were going to stick behind Dream, apparently they are. Uh, which is, I th I think, a good sign that they believe he's innocent of the charges against him, or at least they're willing to run that train into the ground. Um, so that was Dream and guilty, you know. I, I apparently, apparently, so uh, yeah. Um, but so Dream is still involved in this as well. Loomis and Dream still having a feud with the Undisputed Air, which is a really interesting pairing. Um, and Loomis, I mean, talk about a, a push out of nowhere. Like he went from being in the up and comers tournament to boom, all of a sudden top of the car with Dream and the Undisputed Era. So nice. Are we going to a tag match here? Like what or some singles matches? Like what where is this going? Because this I mean, we were talking about how convoluted this was last week. It still hasn't cleaned up. I still have no idea where the hell they're going with this. This is the title. This is the NXT title. And I still have no idea where the where they think they're going with this. I hope Dexter Loomis finds his way into a title match. Oh my god. Well, he might. I don't think he's winning it. Yeah. 
Uh, no, but this, no. this is the title picture. Like people are comparing NXT and AEW and saying, "Oh, NXT is kind of falling off a little bit." Your title picture is muddled. You got a, a a guy, a psychopath like Dexter Loomis, who's somehow circling the title as well. We have no idea what his intentions are. And then Dream, we're all worried about him possibly being, you know, sent sent away for a while. And they're keeping him in the title picture. So it's, I don't know. It's a it's a worrying situation in NXT right now. Yeah. But Roddy got it done. I think is like Roddy won the match. He won but, the match, but, but he Dexter, lost the war. Much like the fiend and not caring or not caring about the belt, does Dexter Loomis care about winning or losing? He just wanted to beat somebody up. Is that that part of that weird mystique? But he's been fixated on the undisputed era, or as as they've said, you know, well, why? Why has he been fixing? We don't know. So I don't know. I I, don't I almost know what to think. don't want to know. I just want him to keep being <laughs> what he is right now. Like, don't stop doing that. Up. Don't yeah. tell us anything else. Just show up randomly and kill people. Like, we said just, it before, but also, you know, go check out his Twitter. The guy's actually an amazing artist in real life. Oh yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, you know, one one title that I think they're doing some good stuff with is the cruiserweight championship. Oh. Obviously, we have to have an, we have to have an interim an interim champion. Um. So we still have are having that tournament going on, uh, and so we this week we had Iho de Fantasma and Akira Tozawa, uh, winner take all. And my goodness, beautiful match! Both these guys put in some work, but ultimately Fantasma edges out Tozawa and goes on to the finals. I got some thoughts about that, which I'll come back to. We also in our other match had Drake Maverick and Kushida, and I loved how Drake set this up for himself because. One of the best things you can do is put over your opponent, and this shows why. Because Drake says, I have to, to, to keep my job, to stay alive here. I can't second-guess myself. I have to go out there and face the best cruiserweight in the world, junior heavyweight, whatever you want to call it. I have to go face the best one in the world and somehow survive. Win. And that's, that's the only thing that matters. Win. win. I've got to win. And that's what this was, was Kushida taking apart Drake Maverick destroying his arm to the point where he couldn't even move his arm and Drake just gutting through. And as Kushida went for an arm bar, reversing the momentum and using, oh, sorry, using Kushida's momentum against him, reversing it into a pinning predicament. Kushida loses. Drake Maverick wins. That means we have a three-way tie in their block between Jake Atlas, who was ringside, Drake Maverick, and Kushida. Next week, we will, we will have the, that match determined who wins? Triple threat to determine who goes and faces Ijo de Fantasma. Mwah. So basically, basically, <coughs> basically uh, uh, no, Drake Maverick. So basically what we called, Nick, was we were going to end up with this. Fantasma or Tozawa on the one side. I think we both said Fantasma probably. So, I, so I've said Kushida Fantasma. from that, that's, Those have been my picks from the beginning. Well, and here we are where that very likely could be the case. Yep. Here's where it gets interesting. Is after all of this, we see Fantasma... And Tozawa out in the parking lot. Phantasma rolls up on Tozawa, who's walking away dejected. They give each other some love. They're like, hey, man, good good stuff. And there, Phantasma apologizes, like, hey, man, you're great. I love you, but I'm sorry that, that didn't work out. Uh, Tozawa's like, it's okay, dude. It happens. Um, Phantasma gets back in his car. The other car rolls up in the parking lot. Bandits attack Tozawa. A bunch of guys in, in gold lucha matches, masks attack Tozawa against the door to Phantasma's car. So you have to get out and go around the other side. By the time he gets there, the damage is done. The luchador is run back into the van and take off. Tozawa is laid out against the van. So this is, is this relevant to the Cruiserweight Championship? We've seen a bunch of guys like Raul Mendoza um, and uh, <laughs> the other guy, 
Ah, oh, his name I always forget. Um, they got taken out, and now Tazawa. They had lucha masks on. Uh huh. Is this a swerve? And Phantasma's running his own like lucha dark order here. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're seeing here? Yes. Uh, you guys listening in the audience? Joaquin Wild. Joaquin Wild. That's the other guy. I just finally got it. Yeah, Damn. Joaquin. Oh, and Kyle just put it in the chat. <sighs> don't hit. Don't hit the mic. I. Okay. Coffee hasn't. No, I. I do. I do. There wasn't too much fighting from Phantasma, who was quote. I'm going to do air quotes and say trapped in his car, so he couldn't help Tozawa while he was being mugged and attempted kidnapping. They didn't get him. Phantasma got out, and I. what we didn't see because he was off camera was did he wave off the guys and tell them just to get out of here and then run over and care for Tozawa alongside the car. Mm-hmm. Where's my tinfoil hat? It's, it's <laughs> you don't need it. This isn't, this isn't that far out of here. Right. Not so, not- yes, they are wearing lucha masks. They've been wearing lucha masks the whole time. I, this all did start around the time that we were hearing that Phantasma was going to start. I don't know. I'm just putting two and two together here. You guys tell me. That's what it feels like to me. It, yeah. It's like this is like it feels. I'm taking apples. I'm taking oranges. I'm making a fruit salad. I yes. think I, I, I think so, too. So yes. I'm, I'm hoping that would be a great way to end this tournament with just a whole bunch of skullduggery and kerfuffery. And that, that could be a lot of fun. So I, I want to give a happens. special shout out to Drake Maverick here as well. But let me let me do this first before I do okay. that, because we're piling up some super chats here. Thank you okay. guys very much. Uh, line drive. Kyle's five bucks in the super chat again said if Drake isn't re-signed after that amazing performance, I don't know what will. That image of him in Kushida's arm bar yelling at the ref, chef's kiss. Absolutely. Him going, don't stop Screaming. the match! Don't, don't stop, stop the, the match! match! No! Ripping, yeah, Kushida's oh. ripping his arm off, and he's just like, you don't stop it! I could go! No! And he gets Somehow his leg the on the ropes. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Hit between his speech beforehand and his, his... Again, and it wasn't even like a wrestling performance. That was a theater performance as yep. much as anything. And all Kushida had to do was just go out there and, you know... Be Kushida. Beat Kushida and obviously out wrestled Drake, you know, just basically destroy him. And Drake just had to make you believe that he was barely surviving and just doing it by grit. Yeah, no, chef's kiss indeed. Absolutely. Uh, and holy smokes, Esme with another $50 oh, in Super Chats. Here's the money I was going to use to buy shots for the BWO Nation uh, at the MGM uh, meetup for Double or Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Esme. Save him for WrestleMania next year. Yeah. In LA. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be, we shall pay it back tenfold. Uh, one other thing that uh, Cody said on the call this week, not to completely sidetrack, but fans oh. have started congregating in the parking lots on Wednesday nights for Dynamite. And I'm sitting here going, are we just going to start taking it back to where we can tailgate during shows and during pay-per-views in parking lots? That's an interesting thing to think about. Like, if this stuff continues to go on throughout 2020 and into 2021, do do fans just take over parking lots <laughs> and begin to watch the shows together outside? I, that could be really, really interesting to see. But Cody did say that they've been going out to the parking lots after the shows um, on, on Wednesday nights and saying hi. Social distancing, of course, but, you know... Uh, just yeah, the fans thing. That's all I wanted to to talk about. So yeah, even if we can't go inside of Staples Center or the new stadium, I should say. Well, the Eagle new stadium Wars. isn't going to be ready in time apparently. So I have no idea what they're going to do with WrestleMania yeah. next year. Uh, the only thing I can take hope ten years to finish. 
I, I just hope that they do like Florida next year, and then the year after that they do L.A. Come to L.A. at some point, guys. Please. Yes. Please. Uh, we got to run through the, next, the rest of NXT here, Nick, because yes. we got to go. We got lots to do before Double or Nothing. Mia Yim gets a win over Santana Garrett. Uh, Finally looked like the Santana Garrett I was excited to see when she signed with NXT, by the way. Yeah, was playing to the crowd like she was our truth the non-existent crowd into the into the camera santana there's no one there uh but uh, but you know great nice match santana looked good mia looked good mia needed to look good because she's got done with her good hand match against charlotte um but then after the match who comes out singing her song but candice LeRae and johnny gargano um they start talking smack out comes keith lee to break it up and we have keith and mia yim holding the ring against johnny and candice who scuttle away like the nasty little heels that they are. Keith Lee afterwards says, who in the bluest of blue hells videotapes themselves eating dinner? What is this nonsense? I can't stand this. You ain't going to take out my woman like that. Johnny Gargano, you and me, North American Championship at In Your House. All right. Well, that escalated quickly. Yes. Um, Couples feud. Should Should this be a couples feud or... How do you feel about it? I don't want it to be a mixed tag if that's what you're implying. No, I don't. Well, we're getting we're getting the North American title match at in your house, but sure. But then, what do me and Candace do? Fight outside. Fine. Don't don't I have just, it. No, I I definitely don't want a a la SmackDown Otis Mandy Sonya Dolph mixed tag match between me Yemen and Keith Lee versus Candace and Johnny Johnny Gargano. I I, I am really okay with Keith Lee and. Gargano for the North American Championship. There's obviously mm. going to be some skullduggery in there of, of yeah. people messing around, and maybe Gargano takes the title in a very Healy dickish way off of Keith Lee, which I I'm, I'd be okay with that right now. Really? Yeah. Uh, th- he's mm. had it too long. Keith it's, has. Th- he has no opponents anymore. I, I I would like this feud to go on a little bit longer, but. I think it will, but they they'll ping pong it back and forth for a few months. But I I'm, I wouldn't be mad at Keith dropping it to Johnny to pay off the the theater that they're doing with the gimmick. I, I wouldn't mind either. Enjoy but it's too it. quick. It's too quick right now. If he t- yeah. he drops it to Johnny on the first match, it feels like it's too soon to me. I agree. Um, Ever Rise, which is of course Chase Parker and Matt Martell, drop a match to uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Looks like they're trying to rehab that tag team. Uh, do you think they can rehab them enough to be relevant in a fairly slim tag division, Nick? Nah, like, do we cares. need them? Oh, ow. Ooh, I care. I'm asking the question. That's why I'm saying. Does, do you feel like people don't care about Birch and Lorcan anymore? They should. Like, but I, they I don't, should. I don't, agree. But in a match with no stakes, no outcome really, ultimately, like, what was it for? It was, it was just an exhibition. Like, what, what were we told about either of these teams to care other than uh, us remembering the Birch and Lorcan from two or three years ago. Well, Ever-Rise, I think, are established as, as enhancement. But but Birch and Lorcan, I think they're trying to make them look like – they look respectable, and they'll probably feed them to uh, Malcolm Bivens' team or – or uh, which oh, sure. I, I or you know feed them up the card or something. I don't know. I'm very curious. But the, the fact that they're there and they're winning, to me, means it means something, Nick. But there are a few more things on the show that mean things. We got to run through those really quickly. Shotzi Blackheart had a very uh, pointed promo about how much she loves punk rock and tanks. 
Okay, yes. cool. It was it was fine. Establishing her character very strongly. Um, someone on Twitter saying, "Oh, it looked like a fake punk," and I was sitting there thinking to myself, "Nothing is more punk than calling someone a fake punk." Like, as someone who used to go to a hell of a lot of punk shows, I can tell you, there's a there's definitely that whole like, "Well, you're not a real punk because you didn't see the Kennedys in '89." There's a lot of that. You weren't so. at the Dead Milkman show from 1984. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you don't have a Descendants tattoo, you're not a real punk. Right. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Cameron Grimes says that he's putting Finn in his rear view mirror. Uh, Finn, Finn, we're getting Finn versus Priest in your house. Okay. That came, pff, that came out of nowhere. Cool. Awesome. Finn versus Priest. Cameron Grimes moving on. Wonder, I'm wondering Why if not still do has some... Finn versus Grimes again? Like I, I would have rather have seen that in a in a longer format match. Like let those two just really go at each other. Yeah, we had it, but I I think there was a surprise win there from Grimes, and I I would have thought Finn would not have been okay with that. The Prince would have wanted his due. I have a feeling that at some point. The, the check will be in the mail for Cameron Grimes on that one. Okay. There's, a, there's the receipt coming, if you know what I mean, Daddy. Yeah. He's got a receipt coming in the mail. Yeah, he does. Uh, you know who else has a receipt coming? Matt Riddle. Because Timothy Thatcher wants him in what I would like to call a tap or nap match, meaning no pinfalls, because it was a fluke pinfall last week that got him. He said Matt Riddle can't step to him in a real match, which is uh, submissions or, uh, or, <laughs> or go to sleep. Um my goodness. So we're getting that match, and they've, they've since NXT aired on Wednesday, we've been getting more and more put on this match. First of all, we find out it's in a cage. It's in your house. We're going to get Thatcher versus Riddle at In Your House. In a cage. And we just found out today, special guest referee Kurt Angle, who's not supposed to be the WWE anymore, but apparently he's coming back to ref this match. How about that? What? Oh. I got to remember to breathe. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. I got the shivers. Woo. Yeah. So that that went from, hey, cool, to holy shit, awesome in about 0. 0.9 seconds. Yeah. So, so that wraps it up for NXT, Nick. But we've got a lot more show to get to because we have to go talk about Friday Night Smackdown. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho. I'll take Miz that and over you singing ACDC on me. Yeah. Miz and Morrison open up the show with the dirt sheet and uh, run their mouths on Otis, run their mouths on, on Bray Wyatt, and run their mouths on Braun Strowman. Braun. Who took exception? Bra- Brown Strowman? No, that was Brown- one of the puppets. The, the Brown, Brown Strowman. Was it Brown? No. Listen. When he gets, when he gets really scared, he's Brown Strowman. Uh, people are either going to love this or they're going to hate this. This is going to be yes. a very binary love-hate kind of thing with Ms. Morrison and the dirt sheet, especially with the 12-year-old toilet humor. And I will stand up here in full transparency and admit I laughed my ass off because not, okay, my so, inner 12-year-old likes fart and dick jokes. <laughs> well, and so does right? Vince McMahon. And the right. thing I liked about this was when they were making fun of Bray Wyatt, they said, hey, we found some puppets that he didn't use, <laughs> and they had like a stupid sock puppet up there with a, with a bow tie on its head. 
And then we had another puppet that was like a diaper, essentially. It was, it was a roll of toilet paper. Mouth, <laughs> right. And someone <laughs> opened his mouth and like a brown sock rolled out of its mouth. Ugh. And then all you heard was just fart sounds. Going. <laughs> the thing was, it was so, look at you, you're laughing again. You're, you're like seven years old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I usually, toilet humor, take it or leave it. Like sometimes yeah. it makes me laugh, sometimes it doesn't. But this was so obviously over the top. Like they just they were relentless fart sounds while this thing was talking <laughs> a with, puppet, a, with a poop hanging out of his a mouth. A puppet made of toilet paper that when it talks it just makes shit noises. I just I can't. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing at you laughing. It was, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so dumb. But I know Vince was in the back laughing his ass off at this shit. Literally, pardon the pun. That because this was so it was it was just so over the top that it made it like I I don't know. I it was endearing to me because it was so over the top. Right. And the thing is that this whole skit before Braun came out, I was sitting there going, their the repartee was fantastic, the little one liners. Morrison uh, saying each of his abs are Instagram influencers. Yeah. <laughs> Say Listen. saying uh if I, if I was bearing Seth, Seth Rollins' baby, I would never show my face around here either. Oh! oh. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was funny. Oh. They're making fun of, making fun of uh, all these guys. Well, as I said, out comes Braun Strowman. He's laughing, too. He couldn't help himself. He, he thought the fart jokes were funny, too. So he comes out. He goes, you guys are really funny. Um, but you know what? Last week, yes, we beat you. And uh, Morrison gets up in Braun's face. He gets up in his face. And he says, uh, you know, hey, man, well, you can't beat us one-on-one, can you? How about you face Miz tonight and you show us what you're – and Miz is back there going, shut the – Morrison, shut up. What are you doing? Yeah. So Morrison talks Miz into a one-on-one match with Braun Strowman later on in the show. Of course, Miz gets his ashes handed to him later on in the show. Destroyed by Braun Strowman. But at the end, Morrison can't help but run his mouth again and say, oh, yeah, Braun, you're such a big deal. Well, guess what? You can't take out both of us at the same time. And so we're booked into a handicap match, Braun Strowman versus Miz and Morrison at Backlash. Okay, left field. Um, Co-universal champions. Oh, come on. They immediately immediately start putting over Miz and Morrison as it being possible, which says to me they're going to get destroyed at Backlash. Yeah, it's going to be Annihilation. Is that the best use for Miz and Morrison is just being guys who get their butts kicked like that? I mean, here we, here we have a fantastic opening segment. F- funny, lighthearted, great pace. Um, the interaction with Braun Strowman was great. Braun played his part well. The match with The Miz was fine. It was what it was. It was what it was supposed to be. The idea of Braun taking on two guys is... It's interesting. I can't say that it, it blows my wig off, but okay, interesting. Um... But at the end of the day, should Miz and Morrison be more of a threat, or is this their is this their lane? They should be. No, this is well both. Honestly, this is their lane. Doing a talk show like this, the dirt sheet, bringing that back, having the fun, having an open, lighthearted opening like this. I, I I like this. But at the end of the day, I want Braun Strowman to be an unstoppable monster. I don't want him to be this joking guy that does the worm with Otis and comes out laughing at Morrison's toilet jokes, 12-year-old jokes. I want him to come down and just rip their damn arms off and beat them with them. See, but here's the thing. He got to do both of those things, Nick. He got to come down and seem like a real human being. And that's where and I'm like, torn. Ah. Uh, 
because I, I kind of like both of these things. I like the fact that he has layers. Weren't yeah. we complaining about that? Braun just being like the big dumb monster, that's not good for him. But him being a big smart monster, that's good. And he came off as, as that here. He looked like a guy who was confident in his abilities. You know, uh, he, they, they put him over for outthinking Bray Wyatt. You know, like he's looking like a, a thinking monster. That's great. That's exactly what you need Braun Strowman to be. So, mwah, chef's kiss. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Charlotte. We were, you were saying she was all over this week, and she was. She had a champion versus champion match against Bailey. And I'm not going to lie, Nick, I was shook. I did not expect this to end the way that it did. Nope. First of all, they had a fantastic match. You can tell that they've got amazing chemistry go way back. Um, I loved all of the spot calling, like the 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 yelling at each other in the middle of the match. Lots of verbiage. Well, we got to set this up around. too. At the before the match even started, Bailey and Sasha are backstage, and she's telling Sasha, "No, no, you stay back here. I got this." And you weren't sure whether or not it was because Bailey started to believe Charlotte and didn't trust Sasha to be out there for her, or she had to prove she, something. She had to prove something. Like well, Charlotte says, you can't win without Sasha. So that was what she had to prove. Or was it that she was scared that Sasha was going to turn on her? Oh, God. Now you're reading too much into it. Maybe. Calm, calm down there, Michael Cole. Okay. Uh, real quick, super chat from Kyle499. Thank oh, you yeah. very much, Thank sir. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, he's talking about the opening segment still. So to quick backtrack. He says, it had no business working, and Miz and Morrison made that dumb stuff work. Miz and Morrison are a treasure and must be protected, just like the Warriors you know, it's funny. I don't know if they need to necessarily be protected in terms of win and wins and losses, but in terms of their ability to go out and do a great segment, totally agreed. Um, I, I would love to see them break off at some point, not be a tag team. Miz go back after his Intercontinental, and Morrison can go be the U.S. champion, or hell, even a title run, you know, or a championship I, title run. Yeah. So, I, I think they are amazing singles workers. The pairing of the two of them, while on the surface looks organic, it still feels a little odd to me, even though it's working. But, my God, the, I mean, the, the timing that they have, I mean, it's oh, like yeah. a comedy routine with how, how quick they are on no top question. of each other. I don't know if they wrote this. It feels like they wrote this because it feels so natural with them doing it. Um, and Morrison, in particular, like we know Miz can, can talk. Morrison actually used to be critiqued for, for not being a good promo, not being a good mic worker. And he was the MVP of these segments. Yeah. He was nailing his shit. So props where props are due. Amen, Kyle. Treasures. So back to Charlotte versus Bailey. Bailey out alone to prove to Charlotte that she can do, get it done without Sasha. They have a great match. And at the end, Bailey ends up getting Charlotte in the corner, getting her feet on the rope so the ref can't see, and pinning Charlotte. I did not. And then Charlotte was left laughing afterwards, blood in her mouth had gotten her mouth busted up and was laughing. A great image of Charlotte being like, oh, my God, the little twit did it. She got me. God Hel damn it. Holding on to the ropes, all kinds of stuff. Uh -huh. um, and just, it, and the, 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 the commentary even said, when you're the dirtiest player in the game, you should know better than to get caught with these kinds of moves. Like You should expect that kind of thing. So what did you think about Charlotte losing here, man? Was this the right call? <sighs> that, that's a bonus episode. Like that's a that seriously that question should Charlotte have taken a loss here? I think at some point down the line, yes. I don't know if this is the time or the place, or if you should have blown that outside of a pay per view. So I'm torn on that side of it. On the other side, I'm trying to see the positives that this does for Bailey. 
And I'm I not you, there boo. yet. I got you, boo. Okay. Here you go. All right. So Charlotte losing here. Charlotte doesn't need to win this. Um, she got. She didn't get beat clean. She got beat dirty. So she's somewhat protected. She didn't lose her title. Okay. Charlotte wins here. We're all bitching about how Charlotte always wins all the time. She's going to all these different programs and, you know, never losing. So this is actually, a, that's a good thing to have Charlotte lose, especially in this fashion where she's somewhat protected. As far as Bailey's concerned, the story we're telling here is the eventual dissolving of her and Sasha, right? And it's Maybe. happening very Eventually. slowly. It's happening very slowly, like I said. Yeah. What's one of the things that would drive a wedge between the two of them? Bailey getting overconfident, Bailey getting cocky and saying, I can do it on my own. Look, I just beat Charlotte on my own. So that adds another layer into the Becky and Sasha story. Or Bailey, excuse me, Bailey and Sasha story. So in my opinion, this was the right call all around. Yeah, I get that. It makes, it makes Charlotte not look like an absolute, like she's going to come in and beat everybody on every show, right? Which is the perception that she needed to overcome here. So this helps that. So you, you're not always sure if she's, that she's going to be, oh, Charlotte's always going to win. No, no, maybe she's not. So that helps Charlotte's perception. And this also helps Bailey, where you can say, okay, Bailey can get it done. And in Bailey's mind, she's going, I can get it done. Maybe I don't need Sasha. Yeah. So you are evolving that story. Yeah, I'm on so board. So all around, yeah. all around, I thought this was a fantastic, uh, it was great. And it was a great match, too. Yeah. So all around, good stuff. Loved the visual right of there. Charlotte laughing at the end with a bloody mouth. And just, you know, I can't believe that bitch got one over on me like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, and I know you're some right, people it does like protect her uh, in finishing in that way, her holding onto the ropes and tights and rolling her up that way. And, yeah, it's it it makes sense. I get it. It's not going to do any damage to Charlotte. Yeah, I know some people didn't like the the visual of her laughing, and I know some people like don't like it when a performer acts nonchalant like that. But to me, that was so in line with her character, mm -hmm. where she's like, "I can afford this loss. I don't lose my championship. It's Bailey. We've gone back and forth for a long time." She's laughing at the fact that, ah, oh, God, this is the one person that kind of has my number. But she's also so confident she knows it's an any given Sunday kind of thing. Yep. Like, I'll get you, I'll get her next time. So, yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with it. Uh, we had what was supposed to be a culmination again Dolph Ziggler and Sonya Deville versus Otis and Mandy. Mandy coming out looking like Daisy Duke in shorts that even Daisy Duke wouldn't wear because they were too short. I can hear your heart pounding from here, Nick. Mm. <laughs> That's intimate. That's scary. Um, so here we, again, though, at the end of, uh, it, was, it was a match, at, at the end, again, Sonya takes out Mandy. Pins her. One, two, three. Again. So how long does this continue that Sonya keeps winning before this? Is this starting to get into a rut, Nick? One of the best stories on SmackDown, is it starting to slow down? Do they need to add something else to it? I, I'm interested. Like the next chapter. I'm interested what the next chapter is. We've reached the end of like chapter three. All right. We we need to get to a climax of sorts. Let's get a the money. Here's what I don't. What I'm scared is going to happen. The money in the break. Be, uh, the money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> You're still is thinking get, about manning those shorts, aren't you? Uh, you said climax. Huh? You said about manning those shorts, and we're just and we're lost. We lose the show. Listen, right. We're going to start losing listeners if we keep talking that way. Um, <laughs> if we have it now, I guess you guys are still all here. So between the toilet paper farting, uh, anyway, the money in the bank briefcase <laughs> is going to get involved in this somehow. I fear. And that's going to be what it, Dolph ends up stealing the money in the bank briefcase somehow, or Sonya does. 
and I, I don't know. I, the only thing that's at stake that we haven't talked about is Otis's briefcase. And I feel like that's what the ultimate culmination of this is going to be. Somebody's going to steal that briefcase from Otis. And my because there's nowhere else for them to go. Sonya has now beaten Mandy twice. They've been in a mixed tag, and Dolph threw him into the stairs and then came in after the match was over and super kicked him in the face. Okay, does Otis get what Otis has had his win? Dolph got just got his back. 50-50 booking rubber. Where do we go for to, next? It's got to involve going? the briefcase. You think so? I, I don't want that because it ultimately means Otis is losing the briefcase. But uh, where else do you go? I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like, like you said, we're at the end of something here, and they need to they need to start they need to start the next chapter with them. They yeah. do. I just, but I, I I'm also going to say this. I'm not mad at Sonya looking strong and winning. I'm not mad she's at giving that me, at I said all. it in Discord last night. She's giving me, if you know your Lacuna Coil, she's giving me strong Christina Scabia vibe in that. That and Matt broken Matt Hardy. Like they, she's raided she's, Matt Hardy's closet. She's she's giving me strong daddy vibes. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. I'm not <laughs> mad at that at all. Sonya Deville is daddy. Uh, the Intercontinental Championship, is, the inter, it's up for grabs because apparently Sami Zayn can't stay at home because you're not going to be punished if you don't work, but we will strip you of your titles and the extra money that comes with that. So here we are. I'm, I, I don't want to go off on a, on a rant about that because I am pretty pissed about it. But we started off with AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. AJ apparently getting drafted to SmackDown somehow because rules, logic, what is that? AJ Styles now on SmackDown. And uh, has a match against Nakamura. This used to be a dream match. Now we just—it's just a match. It was still—it was a fine match, beautifully well worked. But nothing—it was just, you know, it was just a match. Um, did you think this is a match to to be remembered, or was it just like, hey, these guys are really good workers? Okay, moving on. Um, I don't know that I'm ever going to think about an AJ Nakamura match. What took away from this for me was the casual, nonchalant nature of the commentary. Cole just going, hey, Shin. Yeah. You just, just, there's no excitement. Like, this is two of arguably the best workers of the last couple of decades. The two best wrestlers, maybe, of New yeah. Japan in the last decade. And I'm just, I'm sitting here going, why, just, why is there no excitement around this? Is it because the fans are gone? Or is it the commentary? Are we not? Did we not build up to, the fact that AJ Styles kind of snuck in the back door of this whole tournament is something that nobody is really talking about either. After he was buried alive to no real glory uh, at, at uh, WrestleMania, so There's why this, is there no pomp and circumstance for an AJ Styles and Nakamura match? That's what well, I don't they, understand. They originally had one, right? The, the WrestleMania match they built up. And they kind of hinted at their history in New Japan, and ever since then, that just you know, ever since they they had kind of a lackluster feud, they haven't really given, they're not giving a whole lot of love anymore. They're like, okay, cool, they had a five star match in the Tokyo Dome, whoop the freaking do. Now they're both just guys, right? And if there's still a bit of that left in WWE, where if it happened outside of WWE, it didn't happen. Yeah, right. And in WWE, these guys haven't really had. The, Anything that you know lit any torches, basically. This, this didn't blow anyone's minds. Their feuds. So now it's just an opening match to an Intercontinental Championship tournament. It, it was fantastically worked, as you would expect from these two guys. Yeah, it was beautiful to watch. A little but bit by the numbers. Ultimately, it great. It was just AJ there. Styles is going to face Elias. Yay! 
Well, but the way it's looking, because we also had Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in the main event, Jeff Hardy getting beaten down the entire time and sneaks one out the end over Sheamus is what he does his entire career. The, the babyface underdog win. Sheamus is mad. Jeff Hardy's facing Daniel Bryan next week. So you have Jeff versus Daniel. You've got Elias versus AJ. I don't know about you, Nick, but if it isn't AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan in the finals, I'll be gobsmacked. Yep, same. I'll be gobsmacked and godsmacked. And I'm here for that match, honestly. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles in the finals for the Intercontinental Championship. Either one of those guys getting that belt. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Yep. Um, that's fine. That's good stuff. I almost for a second thought Sheamus was going to go through because they mentioned in this match how the one title he's never had. He's had everything except for that title. So at some point, I could see Sheamus going for it. There might even be Jeff Hardy sneaks one out over Daniel Bryan and wins, wins the title, and then Sheamus Jeff Hardy is for the Intercontinental Championship. I could, that I, could I can make that work, yeah. I could see that happening. But at the end of the day, you've got AJ Styles now on SmackDown, which is the one thing that kept me from saying he was going to win the Intercontinental Championship. Because before, I was like, he's on Raw. He's not going to win it. They already have a championship over there. And this now, wasn't a brand-to-brand brand thing. Michael Cole piped in very quickly and said, traded to SmackDown for a undisclosed or to be determined. Yeah, right. We haven't written who they were Right. We to. haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, so he's We been don't plan things. So now we're doing the brand-to-brand thing. Now we're trading people. Okay. Oh, just uh, it's just all iterations of the wild card stuff that drives me insane. If you're gonna yeah. have separate ro- rosters, have separate rosters. Stop letting the networks dictate who's gonna be on what show. Well, or at least have some goddamn consistency. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're gonna trade someone, make a deal out of it. Don't just be like, oh, you got traded. We'll tell you more about it later. No big deal. Don't don't pay no attention to the man behind that curtain. Yeah. Uh, and then finally on SmackDown, speaking of men behind the curtains, the Forgotten Sons had another promo. This time it was Steve Cutler cutting the promo. Again, they had the, uh, the disclaimer in, in before it saying the Forgotten Sons views are not those of WWE. But basically all he said was, hey, we're mad because we went and fought for our country and then people didn't like us, so now we're going to beat people up. But basically what he said. And I was waiting for something, him to say something controversial, and he didn't. Uh, Nick, is is this failing fast? <laughs> I've been saying, well, I've been saying this from the beginning. I'm with apologies to Cutler and Blake. You guys are window dressing for Jackson Riker. Oh God damn it! Stop. Listen, listen. This is one of those situations. How long are you going to ride this gimmick? This is one of those situations where they've got it reversed. Normally, you've got a head guy with goons or enforcers, right? This is the one where the enforcers are sort of out front and the, the, the dark horse in the back yeah, is waiting to be This is the one where the, the enforcers are able to work and the main guy isn't, is what this I, is, Nick. I, that's not been a problem in the past for other people. So no. just... Big be, old heater, Jackson Riker, with his gigantic thighs. Let me be clear. Fresh, this, fresh walnuts with those We're going to see it at some point, guys. And you're all going to look, look back at Nick and you've all been laughing at me this whole time. Jackson Riker is going to break out at some point and be the single superstar of the <laughs> Forgotten Sons, and these guys are basically going to be Mercury and Noble. Because so this, over the super, I'm not, because no, this promo the was a perfect example of without Jackson. 
Jackson his did promo the one last, last week. week wasn't that much better or anything. But the way he was looking and the way he was talking oh my was God. just so much right. more. This I, was, I'm, not, I'm not even. I'm, yeah, we got to get through this show. I'm not dealing. I'm not dealing with you. Stuff I'm not dealing with you and your Jackson Riker stuff this week. I'm all not. right. Uh, okay. Kyle over in the super chat, four ninety nine again. Thank you very much, sir. Thank he you. says if if Brian isn't IC champ, what is his direction without Gulak around? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> What's AJ's direction if he's not IC champ? Who knows? He just showed up on SmackDown. What's he gonna do? I don't know. I don't know, man. That is that is some big up in the air stuff. Really good question. Um yeah. The more no. I'm thinking about it, the more Inclusive. I think you might be on to something, Ian, with Jeff Hardy sneaking one out of here, winning the Intercontinental Championship. It is the most important title of his career outside of the tag championships runs that he had as they had as the Hardy Boys. And then that would give some 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 credence to the feud with Sheamus because Sheamus, that's the one title he's missing for his Grand Slam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all starting to work in my head and I really think you're on to something oh, no. with that. Oh god. We're going to have Jeff Hardy go over both Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, though, to get there. Oh, okay. Mm. What, have I, what have I done? I've yeah. sparked some Nick booking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle, for but the that, super chat. Absolutely. And that was SmackDown, Nick. Yes. That was it. It was, uh, it was a lot of big matches, and so good stuff. Yes. Well, we can't get out of here before we get out of here. We can't get out of here without doing mm. what we like to call, or what was so dubbed by Mr. Sean Clark himself, the Mop Man, the moment of positivity. The mop, the moment of positivity. That's right, Nick. It's the moment on this show where we try to say something nice, where we try to do something nice. We try to raise the spirits of everyone listens to the show and tell everyone what the thing was that happened since our previous show. That made us the happiest, that gave us those warm, fuzzy feelings. Something positive, something nice to say. So bring some more niceness into this world. So say something nice, Nick. Say something that made you feel positive about the last few days in professional wrestling. I almost started crying. I, I literally had water coming from my eyes laughing so hard earlier, so I could not say anything but <laughs> a puppet as a roll of toilet paper farting <laughs> as it spoke. The it, diaper. it is the one thing... Listen, all joking aside, that made me laugh harder than I have in a long time, but my one moment of positivity was my own inner personal reaction that exploded out of me when Jake the Snake Roberts yanked that table out of the way across from Arn Anderson. <laughs> and I had that, yes, oh, we're going. <laughs> I just had that moment where it's, holy shit, are they ever going to work again? Uh, we've seen Arn come in and spinebuster people, so why not? That, that, oh, yeah, so that that was mine. Was 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 Jake getting up and yanking the table out? Oh, they're gonna go. That was that was mine for sure. What about you? I'm I'm actually also gonna go for Miz and Morrison because that was I think one of my highlights for the week was just Morrison running his mouth. That was hilarious. I had so much fun with that. That whole opening segment was just so much better than it than, I, than it had any right to be. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that was mine. Simple, straightforward. Morrison running his mouth. Just the two of them, Miz and Morrison, just being hilarious. And Braun playing along with it. That was fantastic. Yeah, Braun coming out laughing. I also like they've updated his Tron now to it's the big train, right? 
but they added something this week that I, it was either I hadn't noticed it before or they just added it this week. He's now hanging off the front of the locomotive <laughs> in the Tron with his arm up, going, no! just uh, the, the, the Stroman Express. And, and I, I kind of dig it. I didn't get it if, with laser beams coming out. Of, like it's Thomas the Train has got laser beams coming out of its eyes. Uh, it's, it's awesome. I, I love Braun's Neutron. I think it's fantastic. Well, there you go, guys. There's our show. Let us know what your mops are in the chat or in the comments down below or let us know over in the Facebook discussion group. But we're not done just yet. Oh, God. We've got time, just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, man, I've, I've kind of been dreading this all day. I'm not going to lie, Nick, yep. because we've got to actually talk about something um, very tragic and very sad that happened, and it was almost the big news, but I did not want to start the show on a really down note. And I'm glad we just had our moment of positivity because uh, I'm going to need it to get through this. Um, I actually, in my notes, last night when I went to bed, I had it written that uh, Hana Kimura, who is a f- fantastic woman's wrestler who works for Stardom over in Japan, Um, you may actually, if you watched Wrestle Kingdom this year, she was actually in the women's match on the pre-show, the women's tag match, uh, which was a huge honor for her at the time. Um, and last night she had been tweeting out some very scary things. She'd been tweeting out pictures of, uh, cuts she had made on her arm, uh, some self-mutilation and also some, some scary stuff, um, thoughts she was having. And um, the last thing that I saw before I went to bed was that someone had gone and found her and that she was okay. And I woke up this morning to the news that that was actually not the case and that she has actually passed away. Um, And it has not been confirmed, but it's pretty much assumed that it was self-inflicted at the age of 22. And one of the reasons that this happened um, was because she was also on a reality show called Terrace Place. And there was an incident on that show a little while ago where one of her housemates um, absentmindedly put her wrestling gear, the very wrestling gear that actually she wore to the Tokyo Dome show, in the dryer and ruined it. And um, she lost her temper and swatted his cap off of his head. And, uh, you know, regardless of, of whose fault it was, she apparently just got absolutely savaged online for this and there was a lot of cyberbullying going on as a result of this and actually she's been getting cyberbullying for a while because of her physical appearance um one of the things that people always pick on her for was having big shoulders which i actually always thought was one of the coolest things about her was she was just she was kind of yoked for a little girl um but uh yeah basically the current thought is that she was essentially cyberbullied to the point where she couldn't handle it anymore and took her own life. Um, and this, this news is, has been, I mean, the number of people that have reached out online that have said things um, in support, you know, saying how tragic this was is, you know, dozens of, of wrestlers have already reached out and said she was, you know, this wonderful person and, and you know, brought light to any conversation and, and so on and so forth. And this is just tragic. And I want to throw our hats in that ring as well, Nick. And say that, you know, this is just, this is a tragedy first and foremost and incredibly sad. Um, But also I am, even talking about this right now, I am virtually shaking with frustration because of the absolute bullshit that I perceive in social media and in online commentary where people 
you know, can say whatever they want without consequence and hurt other people in this way. It makes me absolutely insane, Nick. And I'm going to, I'm going to shoot it over to you because I'm getting to the point where I'm going to say something I'm going to, I'm going to regret if I keep going off on this. Well, I, I definitely wanted to extend my, um, my heartfelt condolences and I wanted to say something else and, and break our own level of kayfabe that we have here on the show. There's a, there's a lot of joking around that we do here on the show. We make a lot of fun of Nia Jax. Uh, Ian makes a lot of fun of Jackson Riker. In, in a weird way, taken out of context, our own opinionated sort of commentary could be misconstrued as some level of cyberbullying. I want to own up to that. But I, I want... I want to understand that there's a difference between what we do for the sake of entertainment for wrestling fans in an innocent, very innocent way versus some of the things that I've witnessed that take place on Twitter and other various forms of social media. And this has this is not the first time. I mean, by all accounts, everything I've read and known about Hanakamura, she was the next Asuka. She was the next big up-and-comer. Or Io Shirai, yes. Out of Joshi Wrestling, she was the next big thing. And the fact that there was some reality show and and there were a bunch of various social media threats. And and the the scary part about this is that I'm hearing a lot of the other female wrestlers from around the world go, oh yeah, this happens all day, every every day. This is not like some grand revelation. Not even females. Joey Joey Ryan tweeted out that you know he he was like I don't know how she was supposed to deal with this at 22 I can barely deal with it now yeah you know what I mean this is it's an, it's an endemic yep. uh, to social media and it's just it's it's all over the place and it's cover your kids ears because here's the thing I I want to say to anybody who's listening to the show you know if if you're the sort of person that's going to go out there and say something just with the intention of hurting somebody online. Without without thought, if you're going to go out there and be a dick like that, don't listen to our fucking show. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, I don't I don't need you to listen to the show. I don't want you to listen to the show. This ugh, it is it is it is it makes me insane. You know, every 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 one of us at some point has gotten some sort of snap back from social media, whether it's someone on Facebook or someone on Twitter. You know, and there's it never feels good. But Nick, I know you haven't, I know I haven't ever received the kind of abuse online that some of these people that are more famous, that put themselves out there into the spotlight, we've never received something like that. Just from Nate. And I, li- and I like he's to, not with us anymore. I like to think hey, that that wasn't that bad. That wasn't even that bad. Like, this is the thing. Is we, like, we've been called the like Fox to, News of wrestling podcasts. Uh, you know, there's, well, and, I, and I take it in stride. I've got very thick skin. Right? I am a pretty blonde woman, so that explains why they thought that. Right, but at the same... Exactly, with huge boobs. Uh, <laughs> but the, 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 the thing that bothers me about this the most is that a week from now, we're going to move on. A week from now, there'll be another bullying thing that happens. A week from now, there'll be another thing, and another, and another, and another. And Twitter continues to do nothing about it. Facebook continues to do nothing about it. That's, the, that's the, really the root cause here. There, there's absolutely the lack of accountability. Yeah, exactly. it, it exists because of the lack of accountability. And again, we're we're a wrestling show. Like, I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole any more than we already have of trying to, you know, be social justice warriors for the the online community. But just guys, if you're listening to our show, don't be a dick. Nick, 
don't be a dick. That's next next number one good, rule. Be a good person. You know, be, tell be tell kind. someone that you know today that you care about them. Yeah. You know, go go out there and and instead of you know saying that someone's got big shoulders or that they, you know they're a horrible person for doing for hitting someone's hat off their head, why don't you go out there and tell someone, you know, that the things they do that are good. And there's also a little bit of Japanese culture, I think, that comes into this. Uh, in the sense that they can be very nasty to women. This is this is this is something that goes beyond a single culture, though, Nick. And uh, I, I, I know, I, agree, I know, what, I agree I know with what, that. I know but you know what I'm speaking of, and I know people that know of that know what I'm speaking of. But I, I it, it was exacerbated, I think, by that. There's a little. There's bit. ugly shit in every culture, and there's there ugly shit in almost every culture towards I women agree. and towards minorities and towards everybody like everyone's everyone can has has seen this so that's what i'm saying to everybody out there please just don't be a dick you know bill and ted's excellent adventure be be excellent to each other okay exactly all right let's let's move on actually one one more kind of kind of sad thing with a happy ending on it obviously shad gaspard passed away early this week they actually he, he they did find his body on venice beach uh, a couple of days ago, so he is confirmed to have passed away um, from swimming in the ocean just down the street from me. Um, but they started a GoFundMe for his family. Uh, one of the contributions was for ten thousand dollars from Tony Khan, owner of AEW. So, shout out to Tony Khan. Uh, that's a and everyone else who's who's paying into Shad, Shad yeah. Gaspard. Uh, other people have GoFundMe. done it, and uh, from Kyle from Line Drive, there was a pseudo-anonymous from CTC for $40,000. Woof. Who it's rumored to potentially be John Cena. So, Wow. We'll see. Uh, well, the other thing I can say, uh, reported last night from both Ryan Satin and Brian Alvarez, over 500 people showed up to the memorial uh, for Shad yeah. Uh down at the beach. And that's just that that's that is a that is a tribute. I've seen the guys over at What Culture that have interacted with him uh all week have been had an outpouring. Uh they were he was a big part of their WrestleMania presence last year. Just all Shad Gaspard made a huge impression on the wrestling community. Hell, Dave Batista made a YouTube Dave doesn't do shit really except tweet you normally. He never goes out. He made a YouTube video and put up He hits on Dana Brooke, but you know, no. I know what you mean. You know my, my point, right? I do. Even he, so it, it couldn't have happened to uh, a better human being, and that's yeah. that's what makes this really, really hard. It's and it's this is what's this is what's particularly tough is we did have you know the, it always goes in threes, right? Larry Sanka, Hannah Kimura, and now and Shad Gaspard, all three, and and three people that you'd have a hard time finding people to say a, a sideways word about. So yeah. it's it's a rough week. Um, but we've got to move on, Nick, and there's a couple more news items I've got to get to on this show, and then we've got to go do the mailbag show, and then we've got to do Double or Nothing, so let's move on over really quickly. Uh, after all of that, I know it seems somewhat insignificant, but it's still it's news. The ratings came out as well for AEW this week, 701,000 with a .26 in the 18-49 to 49 demo. NXT dropping drastically down to 512,000 with a .13, half. Oh, no. Half. Ouch of what AEW. So AEW went up for their their go home show and NXT dropping precipitously. NXT's going back to the network soon, man. Um, they it's can't the lowest. That. I think it's the second lowest or the first lowest they've had since they've been on TV. I know, Dog Ziggler. It's it's scary and it's tragic. I know you love NXT. Don't worry. It's 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 part of this is everything that's going on right now in the world. It'll get back to normal. I promise. They'll be back on their feet. They'll be they'll book better, boy. I promise. 
He's upset. He he can't stand the fact that the title picture is so muddled over there on NXT. I know. And I can't blame him. You mentioned a couple times during the show that Cody had his uh, his call about AEW this week, giving out some information. You mentioned that ninety uh, percent of, of Double or Nothing was planned prior to the pandemic. He also said that they're not going to be leaving Jacksonville for the foreseeable future. They've got they're going to be at Daly's place. It's working out well. They've got a rhythm going. But as soon as they have, uh, as soon as they know in the next couple of weeks when they're going to reschedule some of their dates, they will let us know. Um, he has not seen the TNT Championship belt. He has no idea what it looks like. Um, he knows that the champion will not be ranked, so you will not be someone who is going for the main title. So you'll be taken out of the rankings as, as the other champion is as well. Wins and losses won't matter towards your overall score. But he does also say that it's unknown in general how exactly they will be handling that in terms of where the champion stands in the company. He doesn't want it to be known as a mid-card belt. He wants it to be another separate whole thing. But how that works, we've yet to find out. Uh, he says as far as testing... Uh, for their employees. It is done off-site. So you don't go there and get tested. You get tested somewhere else. But if they did have a positive test, it would not shut down production. The way he put it was that they're tested before they're able to enter the building, and then as he's coming down the hallway to go into the general area, production area, they're, they're temperature tested. And if they have a certain temperature, they're taken back off-site, or they're not even allowed to come into the building. So it's, it's sort of a two-step, two-gated process for them to even be able to get into the building before they ever get into a wrestling ring. Yeah, considering how many people they have ringside, I, I hope that they're being pretty thorough with that. Yep. Uh, and finally, he said that Mike Tyson was at the Double or Nothing show last year in Las Vegas and that uh, he brings a different kind of prestige to this match, and I could not agree more. I agree. Brody Lee, speaking of eight guys from AEW, he was he had an interview with uh, SE Scoops. He said that maybe you could be looking for Rowan in Japan, maybe look for him in AEW. Uh, so he's he's he said that he started off they weren't that close, but now they're really good friends, and somehow they keep finding each other through each other's careers. So speculation on where Rowan is going next, start throwing it out there. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring debuted the Death of Owen Hart episode. As if this week wasn't rough enough, we got to dredge up all the Owen stuff. It was a really interesting watch and made me think quite differently about the whole lawsuit with Martha Hart. It was the highest ratings in Dark Side of the Ring history. Not terribly surprising given the subject matter. Yeah. Uh, on backstage, Ember Moon was interviewed and uh, talked about her ankle and said that it may be career-ending. She's not sure yet. Ankle injuries, you never know. You may never get your mobility back correctly. Uh, but she's in a point now where she feels like it, it. she doesn't know if she'll ever be able to work in the ring again. And that's scary. And it's tragic, especially for someone as talented as Ember Moon. Hopefully it's just a bad time in her rehab and things will turn around and she will surprise us with an amazing comeback. So fingers crossed for Ember. Ric Flair has re-signed with WWE. Shocker especially because he has a 24 special coming on June 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern. And if, if you're watching in your house, the NXT uh, pay-per-view, it'll be airing after that as well. 24 covering Ric Flair. Um, there was some speculation he might go to AEW, but he said, nope, he's 100% WWE loyal, which it's Ric Flair. I'd take that at face value, but he will go where they pay him and WWE going to pay that man. So uh, I don't know if you saw the video of Buff Bagwell. He's been doing cameos. But on his last few cameos, his face was all busted up. He had a huge welt on his cheek under his eye, and he looked like hell. 
Has he been out I don't shoot know. fighting, or what is he doing? <laughs> I have no. People are speculating. What the hell's going on with Buff Bagwell? Is he back to being a gigolo? And some husband came home and found him and beat him up. Like what happened? What happened, Buff? We're worried about you. Is he kind of slurring a little bit? So people are now trying to get to the bottom. Of what's going on with Buff Bagwell? If he's okay or not? But uh, yeah. So if you have any information about why why Buff is looking a little buffed up in the face, <laughs> please send it on over. Yeah. So next Tuesday, uh, Impact is having its number one contenders match for Tessa Blanchard's title. It's going to be uh, it's, the, it's the excuse me, it's the semifinals. You got uh, Michael Elgin versus Trey Miguel and Ace Austin versus Hernandez. That's this coming Tuesday. Also, the North versus the Deaners and Jessica Havoc versus Kimber Lee. Speaking mm. of Kimber Lee, she just got married to Zachary Wentz, one half mm. of the Rascals. They got married this last week, so congratulations to them. And speaking of people getting together, Nick, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. What's that? Tony Storm, Tony Storm and Juice Robinson were spotted together in Japan. She posted a picture of it on her Instagram, including a little heart. And the rumor is that Tony Storm and Juice Robinson are dating. What happened, Nick? We thought you and Tony just got back together after you dumped Anna Jay like a like a scumbag. Dumped her in the dirt. Go back to your girl Tony. And now Tony Pierce has left you for Juice Robinson. My goodness, Nick. What's going on with you and Tony? I, I posted it in the group, but this is all a this is all a ploy. Um, Tony is trying to get back at me for understandably uh, for for leaving her for Anna temporarily. Understandably, um, and you know if she wants to play this game with Juice Robinson, I can too. I posted a picture in the group. Like I, I can post a picture with Juice Robinson too, Tony. You two we, looked very happy. We we don't. We, yeah, you know, we were having a good time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, you, and Ju- as you and Juice make a gorgeous couple. We, I'm we not going to lie. Not nearly as gorgeous as as the picture of me and Tanahashi, but that's that's another conversation. But that's Tanahashi. That's I mean, that's not you. Tanahashi makes me question my own sexuality. Listen, well, apparently Juice does too. So no, listen, I. I can play this game too, Tony. We don't have to do this online. We don't have to do this on social media. We can <laughs> let's we don't let's call me. Let's just talk about it. Okay? I, I know this is all just a ruse just to get back at me. It's it's fine. It's fine. Just everything's fine, guys. Just take it at face with a grain of salt. So does it, can we now say that you and Tony are both dating Juice Robinson? Is that is that the real revelation here? Well, let's just say I've already had him. What? We'll this leave it at that. Is, okay, this and this is getting I, really weird. I got a picture. really quickly, I, ladies and I, gentlemen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was our show for the day. We'll leave you with that horrifying image in your minds. <laughs> Nick and Nick and Juice making sweet man love. Um, but we will leave you with that, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, please come if you're watching us right now live on YouTube. Please stick around even despite that horrific image and come back. We got our mailbag show right after this, and of course, then we're going to go straight over to Discord and have our live stream for Double or Nothing, followed by a recap show of Double or Nothing. My goodness, we got the works today, Nick. Whew. Oh, keep, God. Keep, your boy, keep your boy juice in your mind because you've got a, you got a reward at the end of the tunnel, like a, oh. like a, like a big juicy N- carrot. No, no. I, I wasn't trying to imply that Juice and I ever had a relationship or are in a relationship, much like Tony and Juice are not really in a relationship. This is all just a ploy to get back at me for what I did a few months ago. But er, listen, everything is fine. It's all a big gag. Don't take it seriously. Everything's fine between me and Tony. We talk every, you know, once. Every are we still month on it, so. Nick? We've got to get going uh, here. I we just let, leave, you leave left it with you're... questioning my if I had had a, a sexual relationship with Juice Robinson. I want to be clear. I have not. <laughs> You know, me thinks the lady doth protest too much here, Nick. Oh, okay. It's All okay. Right. You and Juice no. make a gorgeous couple. That's thank you. I appreciate your beard that. and his hair. It's like it like it combines yeah. well. It's it's a it's a it's a very hairy relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Obviously. 
Well, there's our show, guys. We will be back with our patron mailbag immediately after this. Don't go anywhere. Refresh. You'll find the new stream over there on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash open. Make sure you subscribe and get those notifications turned on because on Monday we start BWO Daily, our daily news show where we will bring you the hottest news of the day in professional wrestling and sports entertainment. And we'll begin to weed out some of all of these other news things out of our main shows to make things a little bit more streamlined as we go forward but make sure you subscribe here to the channel because it will exclusively be on youtube it will not be live but it will be on youtube uh you can also follow us over on twitter and instagram at bwo podcast come join us in the facebook group just search for busted wide open you'll find our page in our group there make sure you're in the discord for the live chat for double or nothing tonight we'll be starting at 7 p.m eastern 4 pacific with the buy-in kickoff show you do not want to miss the casino ladder match and all of the other good stuff coming there so make sure you get started at 7 p.m eastern we'll be watching that together starting at 7 in discord uh and last but certainly not least a big shout out to all of our patrons uh thank you phenomenal ones for all of your support every single month if you guys would like to get on in on some of those exclusive rewards head over to patreon.com slash bwo sign up for one of those reward tiers where you can get access to the show notes all kinds of good rewards uh bonus episodes skype calls with me and in in sorry and dangerous producer segments all kinds of good stuff but we got to get the hell out of here because we got a lot of wrestling to talk about and we got to go answer all your patron questions yes you guys please come join us for that but my name is nick howell you can find me on twitter at data center dude and i am sir ian dangerous you can find me on twitter at sir ian dangerous but my god would somebody stop the damn match this show is part of the orbital jigsaw network For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.